All right. I do believe that we are finally live. That's pretty funny. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Break the Rules. I'm your host, Lev Polyakov, Lev Po on Twitter, and it is a great pleasure to have this another reverse debate with Ayla, Ayla Girl, and Giovanni Panicietti, the great Giovanni Panicietti. Bella. So I just wanted to say first, fir first off that I am incredibly grateful for Ayla to come here and talk about this uh, with us. Uh, this is something that I really appreciate people reaching out, regardless of however differently people see things and try to see what it is like to be in another's shoes. At the same time, if we are talking about something like women's rights, I think everybody here is, you know, in the sense for women's rights, and we all have uh, mothers, uh, we all have, well, not all of us have sisters, but, you know, mothers, sisters, aunts, grandmothers, whatever the point is, is that love, love, we have please. so many influential <laughs> women in our lives, and we would never want anything bad to happen to them at all, and I am completely for women's rights personally and uh, yeah you, you get the idea the point is that we want to see what it's like to push back on some of the things that have been happening in our modern condition and i think that with the subject of something like women's rights it could bring up some interesting things so here we go i'm really excited about this it's going to be a really fun show and uh before we go on ayla can you in brief uh state a little bit about yourself how you got into the uh pornography business the uh only fans business i'm not really sure what uh, is the best ways to ca uh, to categorize it so uh go for it ayla uh yeah i am not really sure how to categorize myself either um i got into sex work um, almost a decade ago when i was uh sleeping on a friend's couch and uneducated and had just quit working at a factory i was like i need money really bad and i don't want to work at a factory anymore um, so I started getting naked online and then people gave me money for that. And then one thing led to another. And now I'm very successful on OnlyFans and uh, getting invited on podcasts to do weird shit like this, which is nice. Well, I appreciate you coming in. And uh, well, you know what? Let's get right down to it. I have a poll that has already been filled up. You motherfuckers started filling up this poll before the show even started. But basically the poll is whether Geo won arguing on behalf of women's rights or whether Ayla won arguing against women's Implying rights. Implying that I don't so. believe bias. in women's rights. It's clearly very biased already. Oh. Well, Gio, you don't, you don't believe in any rights whatsoever, right? Well, I or guess we could start on that, but let me, let me just really quickly, um, uh, let me ask Ayla, uh, just as an introduction, uh, what, what is your relation to um, your, you, you consider yourself, a, what do they call it? A rationalist or a neo-rad or what is your, um, the online ex community that you come from, first of all, uh, are you, were you a rationalist, like the less wrong, big yud type of people or? Yeah, I've been in the rationalist community for about six years now and have lived in group houses and they've been my primary IRL friend group. Um, mm. I also deviate from them in a lot of like kinds of styles or things they believe, uh, so I, I have a great deal of affection for them, um, but I'm not sure that like I would consider myself an example of a classic rationalist. All right. Hmm. Where would you say you differ, uh, before we go on, where would you say you differ from the classic Slater star codex, as I like to call it, rationalist? Um, probably, I, like, I don't think that, uh, like, uh, like, I don't think that reality is made out of atoms, or, or at least like, I don't think this is an internally consistent viewpoint to hold if we want to like describe things like consciousness. 
So you see things more from uh, a perspective of uh, how do you call it? Like there is consciousness and everything, and that we are all one. That that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm more of like a classic hippie, you know, like took too much acid kind of person in that regard. Um, I think I can like kind of make it make sense, whatever this means, but it's sort of like self-defeating, right? Like in order to make something make sense, you have to sort of describe it very well. And there's something about the thing that I'm attempting to describe that like is is about the description itself, which makes it very hard and kind of a long discussion. Mm. Yeah, it's like I, a noumenal distinction in some ways. And I think in that sense, before we even go any further, Geo is pretty similar. Like the first time that I met Geo, one of the things that we were talking about was Young's uh, archetypes and uh, all these things related to what exactly is all this that we are in right now. Uh, as far as, you know, what are we? Where do we come from? Because I also don't believe that it's just an accident, that there's just a bunch of atoms, whatever. So anyway, without further ado, Ayla, I would love for, for you to present your first... Uh, argument here against women's rights you can just say oh <laughs> you gotta start somewhere Wait, well, to clarify so geo you you genuinely generally don't believe that women should have rights is this an accurate summary of your position no like your no um he's... no I, I go ahead verse what are you gonna say i'm more of like the the there's no rights but i'm here kind of as like you know in between he's just rights don't exist in general I, I don't, someone asked if I'm an egoist. I'm not an egoist. Uh, I'm in the chat. I'm not, I think maybe, you know, Lev, let me just, because I'm the pro side, so I might as well. Yes. Well, while you're thinking also, um, all the new people who are here, subscribe right now please. to Break the Rules. We are the greatest, most underrated podcast in history. Ayla, forget unheard. You came to the right place over here with Break <laughs> the Rules because we are that breaking new ground. Interview. Yes, that was a good interview, I got to say. But we are breaking new ground by having this meeting of the minds that normally do not ever take place, which is why, again, yes. I'm very grateful for you coming on. So I, I don't... um. I'm a, I'm a woman respecter because I have right next to me the great work that uh, informs a lot of my thinking, Sexual Persona by Camille Paglia. Um, and we also have another good friend who is also a woman, by the way, yes. default friend. So default I'm friend. a total woman respecter. Um, so. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not being facetious. I, I don't uh, I don't believe in the like modern liberal conception of uh, rights based uh, ethics, I believe that they are severely limited. So liberal po uh, liberal humanism in that sense, uh, social contract theory, I, I very much am critical of it from, uh, I don't know what you would call it, I guess, for lack of a better term, reactionary perspective. I believe that they do not serve um, the subject. But to, to really begin, I think if we're going to talk about women's rights specifically, I think a good place to start from that framework would be just to say clarify that um uh you know i'm i don't like to think of myself as you know some kind of i guess maybe i am a you know incel migtow no hymen no diamond the women disrespect no i'm kidding i'm kidding I, I but i guess to defend the point i'm maybe i have to bracket my criticism of the rights-based model but specifically when it comes to women's rights okay so let's frame it from the classic you know, Rawls, Martha Nesbaum type of uh, approach, which is throughout history, uh, there is a sort of form of 
full freedom in terms of one's being that is granted to the male subject and denied to the female subject. Therefore, in order for, uh, and this is also, if you read like de Beauvoir, the second sex, this is very much the existential argument of women have not realized their full potential um, because there are various forces of not just oppression, but also the exclusion of the female female embodiment and subjectivity in general. Uh, so for example, in psychoanalysis, it's very much viewed from the male, or at least it was very much viewed from the male perspective. And therefore there is a deficit with which uh, women experience their identity, not just solely as woman qua the male experience, but woman qua woman. So for example, if we want to bring in human rights or women's rights, therefore it is a corrective measure of that sort of, whether it's a force of nature or patriarchy or so forth, that natural deficit that that is occurring throughout the world, but there's not an easy way to codify that sort of recognition of femininity. Therefore, we need a sort of impersonal metric, such as human rights, such as women's rights, in order to fill the gaps within the sort of half of the world, like I think statistically a bit more of the women's world's population uh, from experiencing a fuller sense of self and also um, if we're going to talk about liberal humanism and human rights then therefore uh, it's more advantageous within a market society um, for women to experience a full egalitarian um, sense of subjectivity and capacities within society to operate so that is my uh I hope I'm not being totally uh, uncharitable to the women's rights argument. I mean, I, I, again, like I say, the debate itself is kind of, um, I don't know. I'm trying to weasel my way out of not, uh, I, I I certainly do not. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly, uh, not reading, I don't know, Chateau Hertis before this debate, but, um, yeah. So uh, that's my basic outline. And I'm curious to hear your, your perspective, Ayala, um, from, you know, Sorry, yeah. Sorry if I'm coming off as nervous. I'm kind of, yeah. No, you're, we got you. We, yeah. yeah. Just you, you know what I mean. Like, just I'm I'm conscious of of sort of the the <laughs> the implicit na- nature of this debate. That yeah, but I'm sorry. I'm a chatterbox. I'll shut. Yeah. Don't be don't be self aware. We're good. We got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I don't really read books like the kind that you're talking about. Um, but if I had to summarize sort of what I got out of what you said, it would be something like. Um, uh, like women like are systematically treated as not agents in society um, and thus like women's rights is like a necessary conscious intentional step to sort of uh, like make up for that to sort of like try and fill in the gaps of what like women have stripped away from them does that sound like a good summary of what you said yeah or more or less yeah I'm, I'm theory selling it a little bit but yeah that's the part of it yeah okay cool um so Yes. What would be uh, what would be your response and uh, your uh, general uh, new worldview based on? Uh... <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to try and make an argument, uh, which I think is the whole point. <laughs> um, so, um, so like when we're talking about women's rights, I'm sort of talking about something pretty, at least like kind of a general understanding. I'm not trying to pin it down. So something like women should vote or women should like have some sort of like large scale impact on 
uh, culture, economics, and like the direction of the world and, and policy or something. And I'm going to argue against this. And I also want to clarify for the record, because I know people are going to record me and take me out of context. I do not actually believe the argument I'm making. I am making an argument. But I do. No, we're not, we're not bad this The quote, I swear to God, it is like deliberately taking out of context and you're awful. That being said, okay. <laughs> um, right, so a lot of like the views on... Um, one second, let me pull up my notes. Everybody right. subscribe. Oh. Go on. Um, so I want to say like one, uh, women's rights have a lot of upside. I will acknowledge that there are like positive things um, in the women's rights arguments. Uh, and the, the question is not whether or not there are positive things, because if you take any sort of ideology, you can find a positive thing. Like there's people saying, well, we have this benefit that this ideology gives that no other gives. And I admit this, I acknowledge it. That's not the point I'm trying to stake here. Like the question is whether or not it is worth it, whether or not it's worth the negatives that also are included. And so my primary argument here is going to try to point out like the negatives that have been brought on by women's rights movement. Um, so to start early on throughout history, across cultures and across time, uh, women's rights have not been the norm at all. It's, it's an extremely modern new phenomenon operating in like a small pocket of the world. Uh, this is an abnormal like uh, evolution of society, right? So if you're gonna argue for like what's like sort of a natural uh, good thing, like this argument fails already here. Um, basically always women have been in a pretty clear role generally regarded to like uh, food preparation and child rearing. Um, I even read some studies. Uh, I'm gonna like probably quote some studies, which I have all written down if you want sources. Um, but basically this is like a, like a pretty supported ideology. The people sometimes say that matriarchy is where I think this is generally not true. Uh, the definition of matriarchy in these cases are like pretty um, fuzzy, inaccurate, or a little bit twisted if you wanna pull up specifics. Um, so, Generally, like we, we view the past as like women have been oppressed. So this this norm is like according to like the modern ideology is that uh, women have been suffering oppression throughout history because like they weren't allowed to vote or own land or whatever the shit. Um, and there is like a pretty systemic lack of awareness of the ways in which women were not oppressed and the ways in which men were. There is a, a very obvious bias in the way that people like remember history um, due to sort of like our modern circumstances, which I'll get into. Um, but when people remember history, they don't really acknowledge the fact that at one point in time, 17 more women per men reproduced, as in one out of every 17 men got to pass on their line. Um, men were much more likely to die in wars. Uh, men evolved muscles for a reason. Like, you don't think that, like, evolution just decided to grant men like incredible physical strength, aggression and risk taking just because it was fun. No, it gave it to men and not women because men had the actual pressure where they, if it weren't like that, they would die. Whereas if women didn't, weren't strong or aggressive, they would live. And this is really strong evidence that historically women were like protected by societies that they were like preserved um, above men. When, when, uh, when a culture would fall to war and people would come, they would keep the women alive and they would kill the men. Basically, uh, men are disposable and they always have been. And it seems strange to me uh, that when we look back on history, we decide that women were the oppressed ones. That comes from like a very specific kind of like forgetfulness and bias that we have uh, attributed to our modern culture. Um, that's like really crazy. Um, 
Uh, so this mostly changed uh, when we didn't have scarcity anymore. So like back in the day when there were wars and animals killing you and like maybe you would starve, uh, men served like an incredibly important function. And then once we hit like, the industrialization, uh, we got luxury and people could uh, maybe not die in wars or something. Like finally, uh, the pressure that was on men for all of history was lifted. And what happened is that women were like, wait a second, uh, men have it better, we want it to have it better too. Um, and then men granted women this right. Like men didn't have to, right? Okay, like men were in power. Men very easily could have been like, uh, <laughs> no. But so men did, men gave women like the right to vote and increase status in society. Um, and so we have this now, like the women uh, have make up more degrees than men in basically all of education. Women are more educated. Uh, men are like three times as likely to be homeless. They're five times as likely to be incarcerated. They have like a significantly higher suicide rate. Um, there's basically a pretty large list of ways in which men are not supported by society. Uh, there's a huge amount of studies that show that people are more likely to feel empathy for somebody if it's a woman than a man. That is like very widely supported. Um, people are more likely to help women. People are more likely to uh, give women more lenient punishments for the same crime. If we were talking about race, this would be something that would be like an immense outrage as you can tell, but because it's men, nobody cares. And why does nobody care? Uh, nobody cares um, because men are perceived as having agency, which is the thing that you mentioned, men are given agency, but the reverse side to agency that nobody talks about um, is like lack of care, lack of responsibility, the things that happen to you are your fault. Um, in the way that women are removed from agency, women are also um, given like a lot of empathy and care and social support. They're like, well, if you're not responsible for this, we need to help you. And for men, they are responsible for the good things and also every single one of the bad things. Um, so, and the fact, and like in that, men are not allowed to complain, right? Because like men complaining is like sort of putting the blame on other people instead of taking it onto themselves. Um, complaining is an externalized locus of responsibility while accepting responsibility is internalized. And so when you have like this imbalance and like men are having a shit time in some ways and women are having a shit time in others, but only one of them is allowed to get social support and help, it's going to look like there's an imbalance. It's going to look like women are having a terrible time because that's the only thing that we're allowed to acknowledge or talk about. Um, and so this is not just hurting men, like women also are having a shitty time too. Women's happiness has been steadily decreasing um, despite incredible advances in equality over the last few decades. Um, women are reporting like difficulty finding romantic partners because now men are not earning as much as they are. Um, women have a lifespan, I think, seven years longer than men in the U.S. Um, but but they're not they're not having a great time, right? So there's something weird going on here. Like this this change that we had with women's rights um, really started like giving this in this 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 inequality in in relationships that is not acknowledged. It is like systematically like rerouted. Like when you said, Gio, your argument that like women are take the freedom is taken away from women. Um, like that's exactly what I'm talking about. People view it as women taken away from women, right? And it's like men's responsibility. When I was religious, uh, the people who are responsible for the enforcement of gender roles and sexism was women. And it's crazy to me that people are like, oh, well, we're gonna take the agency away from what women did and give it to men. And so women are more likely, I'm going to keep going and then I'll be done with my primary argument. Um, 
women are more likely to support um, greater government oversight. They're more likely to say that uh, free speech should not be allowed. Um, pretty significant, 30% of, of, of more men than women surveyed on one survey said that, that, uh, that men were more likely, like 70%, that free speech should be supported and women were like 40% or something. Um, uh, basically, like policy-wise, when it comes to like actually governing like the perspective of like how we should be operating, women systematically want to remove freedoms much more than men do. Um, they're more likely to want uh, external help, as we have seen, this is uh, uh, very much in line with a lot of the way society treats men. Women are much more likely to want external help instead of having um, like an internal locus of control. Um, so generally, it seems like it's a bad idea to have women in government, uh, to have women have rights, to have them have power. Uh, this seems to lead to like sexual imbalances that lead to unhappiness for both genders. Um, it leads to like an inability to see the problems that men are facing, and it leads to uh, worse policy. Um, there's a study in New Zealand that showed that uh, women on average took $122,000 from the government. They were like a net expense and men uh, were positive in that like when it comes to tax uh, spending, uh, men were a contributor and women ultimately uh, took on average. Um, is, this, is this what we want? Like it seems like we're simul like we're in denial about like what's going on. It seems like pretty clearly clear to me that like women's rights um, was some sort of pretty big misstep. And I agree that it did some good things. You can say some good th things that it did do. Uh, but my question is, is it really worth the the really strong societal problems that we're facing today? Now I'm done. Gio, is it worth it? Oh my God, I don't know what to say <laughs> now. Holy crap. I'm shaking my boots. Um, <laughs> Oh, we can always terrible. we can always go. This to, is uh, terrible. I already lost. I already lost. That's <laughs> no, too no, too no, based you, of a I point. A, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't based for you. I, I, I don't know. She's been. She. I. I think she Google. I think she's been. Uh, because the Simps versus the Hatred Squad. Yeah. Well, verse you. You have a point. Then I. I don't know. This is like. I think maybe Ayala. She uh, went to the archives of Return of Kings or something before. This debate, this is oh my god! Uh, but verse, what were you gonna, what were you gonna say? Uh, no, I was, I was just acknowledging the chat for being funny. But oh yes, I yes. I, I don't do. I, I'm not gonna. Do I have to argue your point? I, I, no, I think, no, don't. No, please, please. Or I'm not watching. Yeah, okay. he, yeah, he, so, he's not part of. Versus not part the, of the official debate. I'm not a part of the official debate. No. Yeah. I basically have to. Uh, I have to like argue uh, against all of those, uh, you know, manosphere yeah. points I learned when I was like 15 years old. Um, so <laughs> anyways, you thought this we was also have easy? my good friend, Al Alexandra in the chat. Oh, yes. It was also a fellow artist. And Welcome, uh, by the way, for the chat, I am, as people know, I am also an artist. Uh, press one. If I should draw Ayala press two, if I shouldn't. Mm. So uh, there you go. So, okay, let's, let's get, Let's okay. So Ayala is saying that. Um, okay. The I have argument... her points down. I've, I've written comment points from uh, Jules, by the way. Yeah, Ayala yeah. just Ayala just way smarter than Geo. Right. Oh. Is that right, what so Jules? I have the, oh, yeah, I have the argumentation written down point by point. All of those books have of never been opened. Jules, do you want me to go <laughs> with my webcam and look at the spines of my books? Anyways, okay, so the argument being that um, men are uniquely in a position of deficit and suffering ever since the advent of universally co coderized uh, women's rights. But a counter argument would be that um, the only way we can sort of arrive 
let me just use really quickly a sort of intergenerational trauma argument throughout mm-hmm. throughout human history the vast majority of the experiences of women have been negative and this has led to a lot of both negative outcomes for men and women so for instance it, and again this again this is relating to sexual persona um the argument would be that a lot of this was the essay man's fear of women too the, a lot of this sort of energy with the oppression of women is largely a product of this sort of um I would almost say mystical and reified fear of the feminine itself that has influenced the thinking of men throughout human history. And therefore men are still struggling with this capacity to subdue the feminine, which is ultimately this creative force, the, the chthonic feminine. But by doing so, the reason men are uniquely experiencing certain negative um, material outcomes is by and large because we haven't yet fully integrated uh, what it means to live in a truly um, <clears throat> egalitarian society. So therefore, there will be a lot of growing pains going forward. And the argument is like comparing what men are facing now to the systematic horrors of human history when it comes to the female subject. And the argument would be that it doesn't outweigh the sort of costs of going back to when we didn't have uh, universal women's rights. That will be another point, but also this notion of um, the sort of now that female, you know, women's rights are the norm and therefore it's going to lead to certain things. Uh, really it's that view itself is limited because it's viewing uh, power relations and it's viewing things like culture and society as sort of like an either or zero sum game, which is really a uh, very myopic, not a myopic, but a very negative and almost destructive way of viewing uh, what it means to grant embodiment to people. So again, this is almost like the basic argument for like a feminist posthumanism, like the, the greater extension of women womanhood into a sort of out of the conception of just beer basic humanism and negative rights, but rather to a form of recognition, then female embodiment will become something that is greater and more creative and not hampered by just merely a transactional sort of thing of we're going to grant you rights. Because even this language of men granting women's uh, their rights and their personhood is fundamentally against a lot of uh, sort of the notion of wo- uh, women uh, experiencing full personhood in general. So this is a basic, you know, feminist point that the language of men granting rights to women, that in itself is another form of domination because mm-hmm. it is therefore, it's not the role of the fe- the masculine to give to the feminine, but rather it's sort of this more creative outlook of the feminine having to take possession of their own capacity to be recognized, not just as a sort of, you know, liberal subject, homo economicus, this economics exchange of, you know, women can now, you know, enter the workplace or women can vote. It's not just that women are granted the capacity to enter into the machines of modern uh, technocratic liberal society, but it's more rather recognizing something greater than merely a negative rights-based model that is just granting women's their 
granting women abilities within society. It's rather women taking their own personhood and therefore create uh, crafting an alternative uh, model of, you know, so, uh, society and subjectivity and so forth. So this argument, this language of men granting women's rights, that in itself is problem <laughs> problematic. Uh, yeah, no, during, uh, you know, first wave feminism, like hundreds of women died uh, mm. fighting for their rights. They were imprisoned, they were raped and force fed. Um, yeah. Women died in prison all the time. Um, it was a very controversial position to uh, advocate for voting rights for women. Oh, and Al Alexandria, that's another good point, is also another counterpoint would be that um, the, the sort of deficits that men are experiencing uh, it doesn't account for the ways in which um, sexuality is such and sort of uh, feminine sexuality has been weaponized and used as a tool of uh, surveillance, humiliation, policing, uh, medicalization, uh, yet uh, over the woman, over womanhood itself. But at the same time, there's a profound ignorance of the sort of, uh, not just female anatomy, but also the sort of... Um, interpersonal relationships of women that has been produced by a patriarchal model of medicine and of course rape and uh you know various taboos over certain aspects of uh sexuality and uh you know this is the, the classic argument certain taboos around the sexual act itself has by and large produced a number of very negative uh, and harmful uh, mental pathologies for men and women uh, in it largely centers around the censorship and the policing and the surveillance of female sexuality. And one of my, yeah, there you go. Sorry, oh, Alexander, please go ahead. One of my favorite books on the subject, Willem Reich talked a lot about suppressing sexual sexuality and how it's impacted, uh, you know, sort of the, how, how men and women interact and how fascism is a product of sexual repression. Answer. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that's another argument, uh, Ayla, is that uh, as more uh, women take on the reins of society, we will have a less fascistic society because uh, there will be more uh, values of um, empathy and tolerance and uh, there will be a greater capacity for exp the expression of uh, interpersonal feelings among the group rather than the sort of uh, will to power that fascism ultimately relies on. So. Well, mm -hmm. now as a now as moderator, I want to go to Ayala, and since you were bringing up sexuality just now, ask uh, ask Ayala, what do you think uh, would happen to somebody who is uh, at this point cri uh, critical of uh, you know too much rampant sexuality? What are some of the negatives that would happen for let's say a young woman who would be encouraged to get into certain fields related with sexuality? Um, to clarify, you're asking what are uh, like what are some of the downsides for people who want to enter sex work? Yes, and not just sex work, but in general, just the overall mood post-sexual uh, revolution. What is the problem with uh, women uh, having greater capacity for sexual expression? Is there a problem That's, with that? Yeah, that, that, that is doesn't be a problem better, yes. with that. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm I'm confused. Am oh, I, no problem. Am I answering? What am I answering as right now? So you are answering. You are basically talking about the <laughs> oh problems, <laughs> the problems that would occur when a uh, woman oh, would no. have, let's say, more access to sexual adventures. Whether we're talking about sleeping uh, with more men, whether we're talking about pursuing a career in the sexual arts, 
uh, any of these things, they stem from... The dark uh, arts. The dark arts. Any of these things, they stem from, uh, you could say, women's liberation. They stem from more freedom, uh, more women's rights. And that is definitely one of the flowers that's grown on this bush of women's rights. So it's definitely something that I'm interested in uh, getting your take on as far as certain repercussions that would occur from it. Oh, um yeah, I mean, like birth control entered the scene and uh, now women are having a lot more sex. I don't consider this very strictly within the guise of women's rights because there's not like really a lot of policy around it, I guess. Um, but we, we definitely are seeing like greater stresses on men because uh, like male, like men getting laid has been historically a problem, uh, especially because like, as we've seen historically, more women reproduce than men reproduce. Uh, there's like a pretty significant number of men raising kids that aren't their own. Um, so like this, this pressure against sexual promiscuity uh, naturally comes from this sort of thing. Like people undervalue and underappreciate uh, the importance that uh, sexual satisfaction is to men. Um, and it's rated as like the most pleasurable experience according to one study that anybody has ever had. Uh, as in there's a study where they called people directly after, like randomly throughout the day, asked them what were you just doing and then asked them to rate their current mood. Um, and out of all of the things that people did, the number, the highest mood effort was, was sex. Um, men get more pleasure out of sex than women, as in in the sense of a more like social standing uh, views of men who have sex increase and views of women who have sex sort of decrease. Um, but it is extremely difficult for men to get sex. Uh, there's a higher correlation between the times women want sex and when they get it than the times when men want sex and they get it. I think it's pretty significant. I think like the R on the first one was like 0.4 or the R on the second was like 0.1 or something. Um, yeah, it's great. There's like, so there's like really no context in regards to uh, like the, the power of uh, women versus men. And a lot of the pushback is like an attempt to sort of equalize that power, which um, if I am arguing against what I think, I think is a very justified um, because like if we really care about men's mental health, like we really need to mm -hmm. sort of produce a, some sort of culture where men are not shamed for their sexuality. Wait, wait, um, wait a minute, Ayla. If I'm arguing against this, don't what you're saying is that you want you want poor sex workers to be subject to greasy, disgusting, terrible, <laughs> misogynistic incels. You want state subsidized GFs. You really want to subject women to being state subsidized, uh, the state uh, run, uh, you know, like uh, joy divisions. Is that what you want to bring basic, back? Universal basic okay. waifu. Universal ba basic waifu. Is that what you want, no. Ayala? <laughs> Don't, don't you think that's degrading to women? Don't you think that the emotional labor expended by going with a fat, disgusting incel such as, uh, you know, um, don't you think that that's terrible? That you would be subjecting half the population to this sort of weird Marxoid sexual economy? But wait, I'm not Marxoid. Sorry, I'm arguing against it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so don't you think that it's terrible that women have to be subject to these poor losers that can't get a girl because they're, uh, you know, they're five foot six or whatever? I mean, come on, terrible. Well, yeah, there's well, mm. Go ahead. Oh, there is, yeah, I mean, it is true. Like, there's a lot more ugly men than there are women. You know, Whoa. women really. That's literally impossible. Nature, that's literally true. impossible. No, it's just true. By, just by no. Women are the fairer sex. We have the advantage right built in, blocked in. Like I'm sure. Well, we have three very beautiful exist. women in the chat right now. Default friend. I don't know if you can hear me. But... I mean, like statistically, oh, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. But that's fine. Continue. Keep with your point. 
Oh yeah, and I mean, I think that's also a contributing factor as to why like women find it easier to have get a partner. Is that like you know you can be sort of homely as a woman, but there's a lot of stuff we can do to you know balance that out. Men, if you're just like if you're if if, if you're really like, truly ugly, and I do believe that there are like more, like you go on Tinder and like you know if if you. <laughs> Like there's just so many just like sort of boring We've like seen the unattractive you know, men, men out much. there. Yeah. Yes. Like but the argument but the argument being is that what are you gonna do about it? Do you think that we should have a sort of uh a, a more like sort of like you know, return to a communal basis of subjectivity where, you know, it's acceptable to marry women off instead of like a purely negative rights-based egalitarian system where people are free to choose their own uh, partners. And uh, do, do you think that uh, just because some losers have a bad outcome that, that, that women should suffer for the decision that, you know, men are ugly. Like, uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. definitely men's fault that only 5% of men get chosen on dating apps. That's, that's totally yeah. natural distribution of, uh, uh it's a basic. Oh, oh but verse you, 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 another, another pro a woman argument verse you've, you've, uh, inspired in me. Don't you think Word. that the selection basis, the 80, 20 incel rule, don't you think that that's just a natural form of uh, a return to sort of the Pareto principle that it's not wrong for women to have a hypergamous selection bias it's because they're more weeding a, out the like genetic refuse. It's actually and they, more of a hyper on dating apps now. Right, right. So, no, but uh, don't you think it's no. women should have the right to select their mate to weed out these uh, six foot five uh, ugly, disgusting incels from the gene pool? Don't you six think so, sorry, I know this is Ayala's point, but but Alexandria, then then Ayala, what, what you'll how you counterpoint to my uh, yeah. He meant five point six. Clear. Go ahead. He meant five six. He didn't mean six five. That's what that's what the concern. Sorry, five six, five six. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, six foot five. You are the a god among men. My father is six foot five, by the way. I'm only like five foot ten. I'm I unfortunately, but uh, you know, but it doesn't I'm, matter. But I'm five foot ten in Italian is actually seven foot. So don't. <laughs> worry. That's a good point, actually. You're go, right. Go, go ahead, Alexandria. Then Ayala. Oh no! I was just I was just remarking on the six foot five comment. I'm like, oh. I'm not sure what you meant to say because. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I meant to say five foot six. So wait, I'll I'll put in a point that I have not heard said, and I'll I'll play my. Uh, I'll, I'll do like the race card here. The the half the reason for uh, women's rights to, in America were was uh what's her face uh can't remember Susan her name B. at the moment. Susan B. Anthony. No 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 no. The was it for the Nineteenth Amendment? Susan B. Anthony. Whoever it was. Um, it was because they were mad that black people got the right. Black men got the right to vote before women, and there was it was. Oh yeah, no, there was an instant on, like, A lot yeah. of the, the big argument was that like we need more white women. We need more white votes, and so if you bring in white women, they'll counteract the black vote. Yeah. yeah. So no. they were used instrumentally. It wasn't really like a we actually care what you think type of thing. <laughs> well, I mean that's generally how things happen. Like rarely, like like we're not a very utilitarian. Like you get like utilitarian, not utilitarian. Yeah, utilitarian species. Where like I feel like things generally happen when there's some sort of like. You know, if somebody has like an agenda and it doesn't need to be, you know, a positive or a progressive one, it just needs to be something that happens, you know, things will, things will get done. People rarely like will do things or, or pass laws out of the kindness of their hearts. Now we uh, touched on sexuality. What I would be particularly interested in touching on 
uh, would be pornography and the way that I see it would relate to uh, well, I, I talked a bit about that eleven, yeah. Well, I'm just curious about when it comes to let's say protecting women from the uh, you know I mean obviously you had back in the old days you know the various pimps and producers that would you know in the porn industry there would be uh, some abuse that was going on. The other question is when it comes to a woman freely choosing her future, what uh, she wants to pursue. Uh, would there be any argument to ALS as far as women's rights go that have to do with influence, that have to do with, let's say, protecting women from making uh, certain choices early on that uh, maybe later on they end up uh, figuring out that maybe this was not the right path for me? And again, everybody's different. I don't want to say that one person's path should be the same as somebody else's. But as far as certain people who could have made a different decision, if they would have gotten, you know, some talking to by somebody else who would have persuaded them, do you think that there would be anything uh, that, let's say, the state, because we are talking about women's rights here, that the state would be able to implement that would be able to act as a safeguard for those uh, young women? Okay. Wait, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm like a little slow or something. Um, but to clarify here, um, so in my argument against women's rights, I, yes. I I don't view like like pornography or sex work as part of that in the sense that like pornography and sex work has been, or like sex work has been all ancient. It's you know very common. Um, it's like, the oldest profession. Yes. Right. So so what I'm saying like let's roll back the clock on like women's rights. Like I'm not thinking about yeah. pornography. So when when you're asking specifically about pornography. Mm. Um, in my anti-women's rights frame, I don't have a good answer to that. And are you looking for an answer as like a, my, my actual No, frame? but maybe maybe address my point about the, yeah, because Buff in the chat didn't say she didn't uh, get a chance to answer. My point about how uh, women shouldn't be subject to the negative outcomes of a budgeting, growing demographic of men uh, in the lack of, a, you know, sexual expression incels blah 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 wait wait state subsidized waifus <laughs> wait sorry what's the question i missed this i miss i'm confused too now no no no. but my point i was arguing i know this is fucking confusing i was arguing against al's point about the negative outcomes of women having a greater autonomy when it comes to sexual selection mm -hmm. and my point was that it would be taking back the clock and it would be subjecting women to uh you know, basically becoming concubines that are in this like joy division type of like state run, you know, sub mass universal GF program and how that would basically make a, uh, a, a it would create a society that would be, uh, you know, monstrous beyond belief. Mm. Is, is this what you think happened before we had women's sexual agency? Oh, I'm sorry. Fucking um, <laughs> um. No. Yeah. Yeah. The norm before was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, hypergamy was always a reality. So now to rebel against it just because women have greater autonomy and and they're more honest with the fact that they have the ability to select for certain uh, mates, uh, I think is uh, wrong-headed from my uh, feminist perspective. I think that women always were the selectors, but they were. Um, being systematically denied their capacity to select by a patriarchal society and being forced into uh, arranged marriages and so forth, where they didn't have autonomy over the what they perceived as col a collective worth of what a man should be worthy for, rather than what society told them they should select for in terms of uh, finding a, a partner. 
and and of course this also marginalized uh lesbians trans and and so uh Tony Soprano said trans whatever is uh this marginalized alternative female sexualities as well because it was such a great selection pressure towards patriarchal uh standards of what constitutes the family for instance baby factory yeah baby factory there you go yeah yeah Mm. are you saying that in the past uh as a whole women were less satisfied with their relationships than men were because they were like forced into it or something yeah 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 um this seems testable this seems like something we could try and figure out um i also suspect it's kind of implausible uh also i didn't i have to think about it So, okay, so yeah, the impasse we're at here is that uh, Gio's talking baby factory, and we wanted to test whether or not it, women are incapable, like incapable, of really enjoying their previous uh, arrangement, given that they lack agency, and then they're traded like sheep and pigs. They're horse traded, yeah. Yeah, they're traded like horses. So, um, one would argue, so far as it's Jesus. No, this one I need to oh put my, the. Uh, you gotta put say on that one. That's too great. Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> oh my god. Gio's thinking about his 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 farm and. Oh my god. <laughs> Smoking the Corcorino pack over here. Oh! <laughs> Gio's living in the uh, Windows 95 desktop. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll make our own Gabagool on the farm. Don't worry about it. So. Uh, let me let me bring a uh, point into the mix to uh, might add to add some clarity. Um, so you know what's we, funny is that I'm actually kind of sort of coming around to the action, like unironically the feminist viewpoint. See, there we go. No, this is why we do these, these. This is why we do these wow, things. That, we want to put so, people partial, in, partial. in different shoes, in the other person's shoes. Sorry, go ahead, verse. Go ahead. The, my question is: in this particular case, can we speak to suffrage in particular, right? Because then it gives like a more grounded perspective. Is did uh, providing suffrage to women in uh, add positives to society, or did it actually take away take women's, away. Uh, women's ability to actually uh, get positive, you know, outcomes? This is this is, I think, a, a more grounded discussion here. So uh, whomever feels like taking it over. One yeah. study I have found that uh, the long-term effect of women's suffrage was. Um, three to eight times increase in uh, spending. Oh, nice. Well, good for the economy. That's a plus. All right. So, yeah, so spending's increased, but like, let's say, like, actually, like, your des- uh, desires of the woman themselves, right? Are when you're adding multiple more people to the voting pool, like possible voters, right? Each person's votes worth less. Um, people are now motivated more by particular individual interests as opposed to the familial unit, right? So more rights and pushing women to the workforce changes the dynamics of like society in general, right? Is this actually better for for women on the whole or is this actually just everyone's kind of reduced to mush, right? So I don't know, Gio and Alec can have at it, I guess. I don't know if that's a question. Women vote for worse policies. Women are more likely to vote for policies that I disagree with. Um, Oh, yeah. Women are more likely to be anti-abortion, which I always thought was crazy. Yeah. So women women vote for just... This is like hell right now. (laughs) 
no, but but don't you think that um, if if women are, oh God, how, how can I say this? Sorry, go go ahead, Ella. I didn't cut you off today. I don't remember. Uh, so I'm hearing that like you're saying that women get the right to vote, so then they, as a consequence, are also voting against their own theoretical Best interests. Yeah. In from a feminist perspective. Yeah, it's very strange. Right, you might argue that in your, I guess in your, in your, from your perspective, like abortion would be good because it gives women more freedom, I guess. Agency, right. sexual agency. Sexual and agency. I'm arguing that position verse. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to like. Yes. Yeah, no, but, but more so, uh, don't you think that um, the policies that women vote for only seem disadvantageous to society because we've existed within sort of a, a patriarchal structure for so long that uh what, what's the saying goes uh, equality looks like oppression to the privileged sort of deal mm. mm -hmm. i mean you, you could argue that but like then we get down to like a value thing like if you don't think that freedom of speech is really that great uh then yeah you probably should want more women to vote um like if you want there to be like generally like less individual freedom and more like top-down uh, control of people's lives, then yeah, then you then then we should have women vote even more than men. Um, so I'm sort of operating from the assumption that you share at least some basic values that I do. Um, and if you do, then we can agree that women voting in general has a negative impact on those issues. Mm -hmm. But do you think that women um, women vote? What what you constitute as freedom of speech has legitimized very uh, negative discourses towards um women in general and that by allowing this sort of libertarian view of this like a dude bro libertarian view of freedom of speech that you are thus legitimizing uh really a, a huge amount of uh, psychic violence against uh women in general and that women only vote to rather protect the uh the sense of belonging and subjectivity of certain uh, minorities and groups in society that have been denied their rights uh, sort of in in that sense freedom of speech legitimizes uh, actual oppression of women minorities and so forth so if you have two groups of people who have like roughly equal rates of victimization um, and then you tell everybody that one is worse than the other um, did you know that men are raped at the same rate as women? A same percentage of men have experienced. Oh, rape. but it's but it's being raped by other men, oh, honey. Yeah. I'm sorry, that doesn't count. <laughs> like triggered me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they no, get their so, cheeks busted. <laughs> no, sorry. Right, but like my point is, like we don't care about male rape um, because we, we think it's funny to women and men are disposable. Um, so if we are like looking at this as a very well-established thing in society, um, and then we go, what is that thing that you just said? I completely forgot. Cheeks busted. What? Nothing. No, Don't about um, it, freedom of speech legitimizes oppression. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so if we, if we uh, like, if we are uh, infantilizing women in this way, if we are really paying attention to the ways in which they're hurt and blowing it up and telling them you are right to experience suffering, um, then they are going to experience suffering. Uh, for example, uh, women are more likely to rate, I think three to five times more likely, depending on what the exact question, more likely to rate um, flirtation by men as sexual assault now than they were before. Uh -huh. um, as in 28% of women uh, believe that rate winking as a form of sexual harassment. 
um, whereas before only 6% did. So there is a thing where the narratives in society are actively changing the way that people are perceiving a, a persecution against them. And so but, but don't what you you're think doing that... is... Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Well, you're saying now when it comes to free speech, um, there's this violence against women like that's being spoken. Like, isn't it like important for women to have these things? I'm saying, no, this is the narrative that is changing. We are we are supporting the narrative that there is violence against women and we are like coddling and infantilizing them um, where men are like the ones that this is not happening to. And so by like, but what we do is we give like women power in voting and doing so, we say like, hey, uh, like bad things are happening to you. And then they like emphasize all of the bad things that happen to increase the perception of inequality. Like when it gets down to it, um, when women are empathetic, uh, but only for in-groups, when it comes to out-groups, when it comes to groups that people like do not perceive as like one of them, uh, they are more hostile. Like for example, like immigrants and Im immigration. Um, so, so like you could argue that like women are like kinder, more inclusive, uh, but it's only to a point if you actually want true inclusivity, even for people who are not part of the in-group, you have to look for men. And this is what like the male freedom of speech support is, is getting at here. Like men actually want protection for speech that they legitimately disagree with. Women are more likely to be unable to tolerate disagreement than men based on a couple of studies that I read. Uh, so like in my perspective, like this whole argument that you're making is stemming from like this, the system that is perpetuating women as victims and men as oppressors. But don't you think that you are framing it this sort of like uh, manosphere uh, libertarian dude bro argument? Don't you think you're framing it in such a way, whereas the standards of male um, discourse and camaraderie are being camaraderie are being imposed upon women who uh, think fun and, and feel fundamentally differently about the nature of certain um, encoded behaviors. So for instance, don't you think that there is a sexual undertone to uh, a lot of this catcalling, uh, a lot of these innuendos, a lot of these unconscious biases against women that sexualize women? Wait, but wait, I'm arguing for I'm arguing for liberal human rights. So I, besides that, um, don't you think that it's invalidating the experiences of women by um, allowing this sort of uh, negative uh, libertarian-based social interaction, whereas women are experiencing uh, legitimate forms of sexualization against their will, and that to say to them that they should just man up, they should grow a pair, that is imposing essentially a sort of caricature of masculinity upon the ways in which women uh, interact with people within society and culture. And that in a way it invalidates what women are actually trying to achieve by saying to them, I'm sorry, sweetie, but this is the way the world works. You know, if you want equality, blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, and, and about prison rape, uh, statistically, uh, women are not raped by other women. They're raped by uh, men and uh, men are the, uh, cause of most acts of violence um against against other men but statistically when it comes to cross-gender relations when it comes to uh violence uh it's more so the case that men are imposing violence and harassment and uh yeah against women so yeah um so if you have, let's say- Simply Jules is trolling me in the chat, by the way. So go the ahead. chat is actually really funny today. I have to give it a lot of credit. I, I, I thought the honest. chat was going to be worse. I'm, my God. <laughs> it's making me die laughing with some of these, but- um. Yeah, go ahead, Ayala. Sorry. Um, 
let's say we have a computer simulation um, that's like very advanced and it's modeling uh, like some sort of culture. Um, and then in this computer simulation, you take two cultures um, and then you sort of like run them. You like, Or you run a simulation with one culture dominant and then you run a simulation with the other. And then you go for a very long time. Um, I would argue that we would definitely see one in which one, like likely one is going to do better. I mean, it's like very unlikely that like they both perform equally well. Like we're definitely like, they, like if you have like a difference in policy, like one of those is going to like result in like a more flourishing, greater economic, like more freedom, more happiness and the other isn't most likely. Um, so if we're talking about like, a com like women have one way of approaching the world and men have the other, uh, it seems weird to argue that both of them should result in equal flourishing. I'm arguing like if you're like, oh, like this is just a dude bro masculine way of approaching the world um, and you're just sort of suppressing women. Like the idea is like, well, you know, like if, if you are having like a debate of culture, yes, it would like necessarily follow that one of them actually is superior. And so just saying like, by saying like, oh, well, you can't argue that one of them is superior. I'm like, that is the entire point. That is exactly what the argument is. Superior to what metric? To a, uh, the sort of what you're using in terms of modeling in the sort of uh, the, what you're ascribing is sort of a economic determinism that therefore in this brute force of competition between people on an individual basis, that therefore it's, it's sort of like if women have a negative outcome, it's their own fault. Don't you think that's sort of like a weird form of social Darwinism that in itself has been um, a driving force of the dominator patriarchal ego throughout the human centuries and that women have uh, in a lot of ways suffered be at the hands of this uh, really um, almost you could say uh, post enlightenment basis of negative uh, of, of social Darwinism in a sense that therefore women should be like men. And so basically you want to turn women uh, you want to deny them of their subjectivity in this sense. You want to basically turn them into uh, mutilated forms of uh, men. You want them to basically LARP as masculine creatures and you want to deny their sense of personhood by saying that they should just go along with this brutal homo economicus existence where if social outcomes are, you know, suffer at the hands of economic output, that el economic output should just win. And uh Yeah. So, sorry. Wait, and by the way, sorry. I'm sorry to Gogeta in the chat if uh, by me talking, you're Gojira. not being able to goon. So I'm I love Gojira, brother. But I'm sorry if uh, by my voice is uh, distracting from your you're gooning. gooning. That was the funniest <laughs> comment I've seen all day. But uh, I would like to point out here, your 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 point, Gio, here is that um, the women should not uh, have to aspire to a masculine uh, whatever economic standard economic, of whatever. economic yeah. output yeah but isn't the arguments for their rights right so they would in theory right. be arguing to be equal right so right are you making an argument of equity it's like things are not as they don't want equality they want to be different yet somehow also equal yet well it's because uh hu see human rights are just a basic metric and standard of codifying what is the recognition of, of oneself in society. Therefore, we need to expand rather than contract human rights in this model because it doesn't account for all of the uh, various residual slippages of differences between men and women. And until we can truly have an equal society between men and women, between the genders, and, and between people who do not conform to uh, the, uh, sorry, I forgot to mention, people who do not conform to those gender standards, uh, we will never truly know the potentiality 
bodies of women by subjecting them to the standards of a male dominator uh, patriarchal society. Damn. So wait, I feel also, like I'm just talking we, too much. I'm very have sorry. we considered have we considered the um, that despite women's neat desire to unburden themselves of their uh, are you making a Ellis point right now? Verse? I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to not agree with her, but I, I, it's sometimes hard because um, <laughs> she's arguing for my position. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, are you are you are is it possible that we're t that women are are giving up their bargaining chip? in this in this uh social you know game we playing by trying to unburden themselves from a reproductive factory with things uh, like the pill and things like that but but then you would say that that standard of a woman uh, okay so that was a survival mechanism that women had to adopt in order to defend themselves somewhat against the machinations of the masculine by basically weaponizing their own the, the only tool that they had throughout human history <clears throat> Not really, but uh, for the sake of argument, the only tool that they had throughout human history was their control over their sexuality. And a lot of the times that was taken by force anyways. So that uh, argument is mute within a lot of hunter-gatherer arrangements. Uh, up until recently, the ban ag prohibitions against uh, rape and incest are a very relatively recent phenomenon. And throughout human history, the sort of defense mechanism that women had to control their own reproduction was violently uh, obviated by the masculine. So it would be the argument that doesn't that deficit need to be um, dealt with in order for to truly realize an egalitarian uh, social arrangement? Ayla? Uh, yeah, or, like counterpoint. I don't know. That was my contribution, okay. counterpoint for Ayla. Um, like a lot of like the language that you're using is very fuzzy and confusing. Um, and I'm not certain right. that it's supported by any data. Uh, there's like a lot of like vague words uh, that sort of gesticulate at some sort of like emotional thing that like it doesn't seem to correspond to anything stronger. Um, one thing I did want to address in what you said is something that like like, do I just want women to like buck it up and like, you know, like stop crying about it and basically become masculine? Um, and like the answer is like, well, I, I want equality between the sexes. Uh, so yes, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And most of what you said, I didn't like fully understand because like it seems to be in, like, from, from sort of theory I'm not really familiar with. So wait, so A, you're arguing for equality of like a standard liberal position of like, or are you talking from your own actual perspective in that? last thing you just said oh no i'm not i don't i'm like <laughs> okay it's, it's six o'clock so yeah, maybe I mean, we should I think, can yes, the I think, debate well, yes that, at, at, at this so. point i thought this was a very interesting experiment to oh, see what it's God. like in the other person's shoes now one thing that i would say alice no, i gotta go back to being a terrible insult <laughs> misogynist it does it, i will say it does yeah. uh, lower toxicity for at least an hour so that's nice yeah yes. that's good the chat now, oh, hilarious. by the way, sorry to someone in the chat, I slipped up. No, the prohibition of incest is quite ancient, but there was one uh, feminist author, I believe the one, the, the woman who wrote The Chalice and the Blade, that talked about how incest at various points was uh, weaponized against uh, female subjectivity. So the prohibition was only therefore partially enforced, depending on which period of human history. But that book has been contested. Um, as for my true opinion on things, I think this was productive. It made me uh, poke holes in a lot of the, you know, manosphere wait, stuff that we all. Uh, wait one second, just for those who are confused in the chat for latecomers, uh, they were arguing the opposite position for the past hour. So Julia was arguing yeah. 
for feminism, and Ayo was arguing for uh, well, w- women's based, rights in particular. Yeah, women's rights. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I yeah, actually sorry, hate. Yes, I, actually, I, I actually hate women. So no, I'm. Fucking... But we have now entered <laughs> into uh into the uh genuine sincerity opinion, zone. Sincerity zone. So the Shinra Tensei is about to begin. Uh, so anyway, continue. All right. You're yes. not the moderator. Well, here's what I'm interested in, and I was sort of hinting at it before uh, when I was speaking with Ayla, and uh, it was a bit. Uh, it was a little bit dodge, which I understand because. It's weird. I don't know if it's technically part of women's rights or not. I would say, like, when you have something like, forget the world's oldest oh, profession for God. a second. If we're just talking about pornography, like, what do we have? We had Playboy that ended up coming out before that. We had some more underground things that were persecuted. I don't know whether the motivations for persecuting those was to keep, like, horny young men away from the porno mags, or if it did have something to do with, like, the chastity or nobility of, like, the young maiden. I don't know. I don't know which one. Maybe it's a mix of both. No, but what they, I, Oh, sorry, continue. You, no, no, go on. They were trying to remove the unsavory elements from society, right? You, yeah. They were trying to, with like in particular with, like, pornography and, the, like, the whole obscenity thing, there was, like, it creates an underworld when you're already dealing with, like, prohibition and other stuff at the time that like those uh the pornography industry adds another like seedy underbelly to the yeah but now things uh now things are different i mean in a way like with only fans you do have the opportunity to uh be your own boss not to have to be under some kind of a pimp or some kind of a you know you know greedy porn producer whatever you know like you have an opportunity to do your own thing but i guess the question still goes back uh, for me personally what i'm interested in because i think it's kind of in the crux of a lot of these conversations that have taken place around your safe around yourself ella and again this is why i really appreciate you coming on because i am personally curious about this like would you be able to go in the other person's shoes like the shoes of the person who would be against a lot of these things with OnlyFans. And again, you are like highly rated on OnlyFans. You're like on the zero point. I don't know what it is, but you are like way up there. But as far as young women who want to make a choice as to go into this or not, like my biggest concern has been, personally, again, speaking, uh, with certain encouragements of uh, girls going into it without considering uh, an alternate uh, an alternate path from somebody else. And to me, it speaks about, let's say, the whole idea of manufacturing consent, where you would have different things that go out in the ether, you know, different advertising firms, different things to kind of cement what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And I'm curious, your own take, like, regardless of any of the argumentation we've been doing, your own personal take on where you stand with that. On whether or not it is, uh, like, damaging to say that OnlyFans is fine for young women? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be, and again, damaging, you know, it's a really wide thing that you could say here regarding what is damaging. I I don't personally know, but I can imagine that for somebody who is like young, impressionable, that uh, it it may be better to, you know, to get different opinions. And do you think that now there is more of a thrust to go into these uh, industries? Um, You know, just encouragement online general, like somebody made a lot of money through this and that people may not want to make that decision. Uh, uh, if uh, somebody else were to give them an alternative that they would have never had, this sounds sort of like um, like the, like the general question is like, does something become immoral when you offer a lot of money for it? Uh, like, is it immoral for me to offer you a million dollars to like punch somebody else or like uh, like to pay Joe to you know like have sex with an incel or something? 
Like, yeah, I mean, money, <laughs> money is definitely uh, <laughs> money is definitely a part of it for sure. But yeah. I think here is more the Faustian bargain is kind of the question. Just for the record, I'm a vol cell. Okay, it's the it's not, it's not cold. It's the allure of the money because I like you, the graphs would demonstrate that most people don't make the money that is kind of portrayed as it, you know it being easy cash. Yeah, but I, I, I think. Oh, go sorry. Go ahead. Ayla. Oh, was, sorry. Yeah, Ayla. No, I mean, I'm sure to sort of trying to like tease out the like the exact question here because like there's a lot of like different kinds of answers. Okay. On exactly the question. So the exact question he was asking is: there's an appeal for a lot of money with doing like pornography or OnlyFans, right? And this is, but this is a bargain because there's a lot of downsides to being in this particular industry. Yeah. So the question he's asking is: do you think this is a like a moral uh, thing to do to like you know to kind of like promote such a possible like a such a bargain? like to promote OnlyFans lifestyle or what have you? I mean, generally deception is immoral. And if you were telling somebody that they like have a higher chance of making a lot of money than they do in order to get something out of them or because you want to even advance an agenda, I don't know, that does seem immoral. Uh, so any sort of circumstance that incorporates deception. Uh, I think like to the degree which in which deception is incorporated really depends on like the kind of culture you're in and like who you're talking to. Well, well, even without money, even without uh, deception, if we're just talking about, let's say you're going to go on a career that's going to make you richer than Alexander the Great. But the other question is, is this something that a lot of people would necessarily uh, want to go for if not being sold this glamorous lifestyle that regardless of, you know, let's say there's no deception. Let's say well, there's Lev, somebody out the, there the argument... who, who's like totally qualified. Let's say they're young, they're beautiful, they've got great breasts, like they're totally qualified and they would probably make a lot of money doing this. But the question oh. is, is there a moral, let's say, uh, uh, thought to be had here as far as like, you know, should sh sh should maybe people think twice about giving that kind of advice to young women because maybe she would have well, done no, something Lev, I else. Think... I don't know. I think what a better question would be, by the way, for the chat, we're, we're off debate mode. So yes, this no is my debate, real opinion. Yeah. But as I was arguing though, I did come to a few realizations that the whole, this is why I said in the beginning, my true opinion is that I don't hate women, but I think the rights-based mo I even just saying that, like, it's like, I have to qualify. But anyways, I, I feel like the, the deficit of the rights-based model does not account for the full picture of human subjectivity. So when it comes to, you know, for example, I was listening to the unheard interview with Ayala. Uh, you were saying about how OnlyFans wrestles control away from the porn producers, whoever they may be, Zero HP Lovecraft uh, in the chat, uh, the porn producers that have historically exploited young women and the sort of the very vicious uh, cycle that goes into a lot of like, mainstream pornography the argument that you posited was that it wrestles control away from direct exploitation and it gives uh people producing pornographic content control over their own output and what they're cool with doing and they're no longer um apart from like just brute market incentives they're no longer subject to being forced to do things against their will or against their own personal limitations but what would you say to someone like me who would say that in a way it's almost like rationalizing uh, a form of internalized servitude and exploitation to market forces that eventually demand that like, okay, Ayala does more extreme stuff 
And therefore, to pursue an economic interest, you're going to consent to that, but you're basically you're being tricked into what you think is liberation by something that opens the door for more nuanced forms of exploitation that is based, based around that's, your participation that's, that's, in it. That, that's a established feminist uh, point, actually. Yeah, this what is like mean? classic. Any pornography is ultimately, wave. yeah, it's going to be yeah. exploited in a capitalistic context. But, but furthermore, do you think, Ayala, that I think what Lev is asking is fundamentally the question around human value. Now you have, without mischaracterizing, you have more of a materialistic base, not materialistic, but like um, you have more of a uh, rationalistic basis of human value. And for someone like me, who is who's still a very religious person um, who believes in sort of a metaphysical view of human nature, I, I think that the sort of, display of one's own sexuality without the context of ritual and without the context of intimacy is sort of like creating a weird form of the the marketization of intimacy and to me it's like that's even greater than of a horror than even you know pornography just seeing people fucking because seeing people fucking is one thing but like seeing someone larp as an intimate relation and commodifying that to me i feel hmm. is a very huge detriment for both men and women and i i just i'm curious because you ala i think you're the perfect person to argue with about this because you have thought about this immensely and your experiences have um contributed to your worldview of the, so just go ahead yeah what, what do you think of someone like me who's very critical of uh of uh, why for lab what you're doing or whatever um <laughs> i think that it is true that for some people commoditizing sex like makes it not special so i think it's pro probably a large subset of the population um where if they like had to do an only fans or something they would have a lot of trauma from it and they probably shouldn't do it uh so if that's what you're saying i agree with you um I also, I think I generally like am really into, I, it's gonna sound cheesy, but informed consent uh, financially as well. If you know clearly what you're doing and you decide that the benefits are worth it to you, uh, then it's your responsibility, what your choice is. And so when you're talking about people like glamorizing sex work or something, my concern is, is there deception? And if there's deception, then it's not informed consent and I, and I don't agree with it. And I would probably agree with you that this is bad. Um, but if somebody's presented like an accurate summary of the facts, uh, like, yes, there is a market incentive. If you, you know, perform these sex acts, if you have a, this a chance of earning between this amount of money, um, and then they ch choose to, like, it feels very strange to me to tell them that they're doing something wrong. Uh, it's, it's like sort of like a stepping over a boundary that I don't really feel comfortable doing. But the, but again, this is our argument which I was ironic, unironically defending before last hour. This is an argument sort of against this like affirmative consent model that has led to more nuanced forms of exploitation. Even if people aren't being deceived, do you think that there is a cheapening of yourself going on by putting yourself out there in such a gratuitous, for lack of a better term, gratuitous form of uh, a display whether through OnlyFans or whatever. Yeah, do you, do you think that um, there is a sense where your capacity for uh, things like intimacy and interpersonal connection, they're sort of being violated by cons ultimately consenting to 
yourself as a product, as a, you know, a person who is producing something that historically and for good reasons has been one of the most intimate spaces of human existence, which is our sexuality. Do you think that even if women or men or whoever are producing this with full knowledge and full control over their own product and without any sort of exploitation, do you still feel that there's a sense of there, there's sort of a reason why we have a sort of shame and embarrassment around these things because they're, they speak to ourselves on such a fundamental mm-hmm. level that it's like almost in a way by fully accepting a pornographizing of society for lack of a better term, then it's, it's like we're losing our own capacity to view each other as something almost like mysterious and not just mysterious, but also as having a capacity towards something greater than just our brute attractiveness that is being, you know, marketed to people. So it's like, like this cat, for instance, like yeah. a mysterious, yeah. like in other words, I guess what I'm no, trying we, to say is there's a yeah, distinction you're... between like, what is erotica and what is pornography? Like, you know, so I, I, as an artist, I think about this all the time, but, but so I, quickly, you're saying something like if people are engaging and consuming in sex work, then mm-hmm. in their personal lives, they're going to experience less pleasure and meaningfulness around intimacy. Not just around intimacy, but also just around um, the the way we relate to each other in general, I guess you could say. He's saying like, if you take like the fact that interpersonal relationships and sexuality or what have you is basically like uh, priceless, right? And you literally put a price on it, then does that not cheapen it from having its, you know, m- greater you know more ephemeral like qualities he's saying i mean do you think sexuality didn't have a price on it before he's saying well Mm. no but you're he's asking are you cheapening it by literally making it like a a material commodity to well i don't think i is cheapening anything yeah she's not cheapening anything well not her in particular because she does fairly well but i'm saying (laughs) more broadly yes does are you by making it a literal good you can trade does that not cheapen the overall? I, I, I think it enhances want... it. Does the opposite? Makes it more expensive. Makes it more valuable. Gives it value. Well, does the, it? If the I value by what trade, metric? That's the argument. If I, I was before, at some point in time, I would have to trade land and dowry and all kinds of other things to give you essentially lifelong, uh, you know, support. And now I can basically pay forty dollars for an Uber or like two five ninety nine a month. Like it's it's definitely cheapened. Like, I don't Wait, need to, like... Zero right. HP has a comment, by the way. Wait, we'll, we'll let Ayala finish yes. your point, okay. then we'll go to this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Zero HP. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got distracted right before I was going to talk. <laughs> One, we keep using the word cheapening, um, and I sort of want to like, replace it with something more concrete, because it's like sort of like this, this vague, like, sense, right? And I want to have something, like, specific. Like, do we mean that, like, now I am unable to get a high-value mate because I'm doing sex work, and this is what cheapening means? Like... Like now that my like sex or whatever is uh, like less powerful in the actual like relationship marketplace, like is that what we mean? Um, uh, that, that is one consequence one of the yeah. of the cheapening. The cheapening would be that like there used to be like a more instead of a priceless instead of sexuality being a priceless like uh, like addition to the fact that like you as a person I have to like you know make some kind of commitment by taking it and turning it into a literal commodity like you know and anything else you would trade does this cheapen it from this abstract like more abstract notion like platonic ideal and bring it down to like literal discrete 
qualities and like that that dem, dem, it being demoted i had a lot of cold brew it being demoted does that like actually literally cheapen it and make it so that now everyone else also has to suffer from this right like i again as i just said like i don't have to take girls on dates and i could just get a, a uber to my apartment if i wanted like you know what i mean like th- that's not how it worked like for what like an uber like if you, if you pay them you could have sex with them is that what you're saying no but i'm saying like there used to be a time where i have to like court someone and blah 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 mm-hmm. now i can get on an Nerd app and literally just and the, order and you the essentially super iron over. bob he has a ten dollar comment so super iron bob thank you so much for the donation he says how does going on dates and then ghosting from dating sites just for the meal differ in this equation how does trading a one-night stand for that same meal work interesting uh See, is he agreeing with me or disagreeing? By saying I think he's agreeing a, with you, actually. No, I think he's agreeing with well. me. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's lowered it essentially to like forty dollars worth of like dinner. That's but like the market price. You guys are talking about casual sex. Like people still court each other and marry and have long term investments mm. in each other. Not you know, really. But yes, yes. Comparatively. <laughs> It's it's going marriage down. Is down marriage is down like fifty percent. Like let's say the black community. Black community used to have eighty percent marriage rate, like f- before crack epidemic, is now mm-hmm. down to twenty percent. One in four black women get married in their lifetime, right? Let's Very if sad. You did it in I know, but this is, is the case with literally all communities. The black community is just like ten years ahead typically with trends, right? So like if that's happening in the black community now, that means in like ten or so years, Middle America is going to deal with the same exact problem. Uh, I, I, uh, this is this is due to the the gender imbalance in, in the black community because so many are incarcerated, so many men. If you have a whole bunch of women and not partially, a lot of, um, you're not going to see a lot of marriage because why would a man marry when he can like have sex with a bunch of women? I think we would see this in any community where you remove a percentage of the men. Uh, so if you do that, if, to bring it back to the earlier point, right? In that apps have created a very liquid market, right, and for the sexual marketplace, and literally like ten percent of men are having sex with all the other women. Like well, 90% it's gamified of relationships are, to yeah, an extent. Yeah, so like 90% of men are 80, let's say be charitable, 70% of men are removed from the dating pool like for viability. So now you've created that same imbalance on the entire uh, sexual marketplace via apps um, and the liquid market of that liquid nature. Not necessarily. More, more women reproduce than men. Um, and women are preferred to like have like a smaller percentage of men than men prefer women. This is true. Um, but this is in context for the men that are rejected. Like there's high pressure on the men uh, because if they slip a little bit, they will become one of like the 80% that fail. Uh, so, so the the existence of the failures is still important for like the the success. Like there's is this tension between the two that, that like, creates like the like male commitment, for example. Like a man's gonna commit because if he doesn't, somebody else is gonna take step up and take his place. It only happens when you actually like remove men from the equation from the competition entirely that you get this t- type of like family imbalance. But but when you were arguing before for the against side. You, you brought up the fact that the 80-20 rule statistically is pretty much reality. I mean, I know it's like a meme, like incel meme, whatever. But do you think that in, in some ways um, there, there has been a lot of negative outcomes, even on like a less in, tangible level in terms of the ways in which mass uh, access to pornography at earlier ages has sort of warped um, the views that men have towards women and vice versa, even do you think that there's a negative outcome when say um, a a woman who is, I don't know, 15 years old, who their first boyfriend in high school wants them to perform. I don't know. I don't want to go into it, you know, anal sex or whatever, or bondage, or if, you know, the, the girl that got choked out because the 50 shades of gray. Do, Do you think that there's a negative outcome across the board with having a society that, um, 
doesn't views pornography not as an issue of human intimacy but rather more of like an economic issue of just like want and need and access and like you no know, supply and demand maybe there there might be downstream negative ripple effects Mm -hmm. I don't know stats. Um, if so, if you presented me a study that said like exposure to pornography like decreases male long-term satisfaction in a romantic mm -hmm. relationship, um, I wouldn't be like that surprised. I would be surprised if it were like a very significant impact, but I would not be surprised if it were small. Right. But I think another argument I would ask, or rather I would run by you, would be that um, when we're talking about you said you want something more concrete than just cheapening and what we, we mean by value i think that the structure in general of the last i would say 100 or so years of the way marriage and courtship and relationships happen is decoupled from much older conceptions of belonging within a community like you know like the heideggerian notion of community of mortals like we are uh these being we are thrown in a context, a social context, and we are being towards death and we have to band together in certain ways. And a lot of these relationships were much more fluid between people within a certain tribe or social arrangement. And therefore there was a lot of impersonal metrics that determined who, what type of people got together. But now that we have a purely consent based negative conception of how you go about relate, like how you go about you know, having sex or having a relationship with someone that in a way opens the door for this very like weird atomized view of the subject that unfortunately the sort of atomic family uh, was the beginning of the end into like the atomic, the fifties, like fucking leave it to beaver atomic family. That to me, uh, from my, you know, whatever base trad reactionary perspective, whatever to me, that was like almost a symptom of this, increasing atomization and so when we're talking about how people pair bond even like the to me the language of like pair bonding and consent and so forth that doesn't really capture the picture of what a healthy sort of relationship within a society could be because now it's like we're just talking about horse trading again <laughs> In a, in a strange way, it's like this whole thing about bribing each other and dowries and horse trading between men and women. It's almost like a weird postmodern return of that, but we're doing it within the language of liberation. So I think there's, I, I don't know, I, sorry, just stop me. I know I'm, this is totally abstract and I know that you want, you're someone that thinks within concrete um, framework of statistics and so forth, but yeah. Yeah, I agree that a lot of the changes that have happened with a, like an advanced society has caused like a whole bunch of like damaging effects on uh, culture and community. Uh, if that's your point, I do agree with this. Yeah, but but then again, oh. all right, I'll be right back. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, Lev, you wanted. I to... guess it uh, talks more to me about. Uh, what responsibilities do all of us have as far as the messages that we go, uh, that, that we let out? Cause I agree with you, Ala, that people, they are individuals, they are free agents to choose whatever they want to. And I completely agree with you that 
unless uh, you know unless you're uh, intentionally mischaracterizing something, tricking somebody into doing something. If you're just laying it out there and saying, "This is the reality here, folks. This is what you can get, and this is how you can get it. This is free information available for everybody, and I think that there is nothing wrong with that at all." I am a fan of SciHub, for instance, opening up right now for people to be able to download all these various articles that are you know otherwise uh, kept only for the elite few. So I like this kind of stuff. At the same time, when I look at all these different aspects of culture, like back in the 20s, the Roaring 20s, you know, we had people who were doing a lot of boozing it up. We had people who were going into the Chinese opium dens, and that was considered to be a standard thing that every hip young person uh, wanted to do. And if we were around that time, would we then say, like, uh, I... I'm not going to dissuade this person from ingesting the substance because they are a free agent. It's their responsibility. And at that point, what I'm getting to here, Ella, is where exactly is our responsibility as a person, regardless of the free agency of people, to have some system that we can kind of rely on inside of ourselves to tell us what is right and what is wrong, where maybe people can make money from pornography and if they are beautiful, and you are very beautiful, Ayala, by the way, I don't mean to simp, but I just want to say, Lev, you are please very don't even. Young. Don't... Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into it right now. But the oh, point is, is that there are very beautiful people out there who can make a lot of money from this stuff, just as there are people out there who can go out and do drugs and uh, do all kinds of other things. And the question is, what is in each of us the moral responsibility here for, you know, either advocating for it? advocating against it or being kind of like i don't know i think alexander bard who we had on he's an amazing guy and he's also very big proponent of sex work by the way and he is a btr regular we're going to have him on real soon as well again but i think his thing is that there are specific people and i guess he calls them kind of like a tantric practitioners like there are people out there who are connected to some other world who he sees as being a lot of the people that you do find within sex work and pornography people who are outsiders people who are, who are within like this um this outer rim and it seems like the way that culture went with the Roaring Twenties and uh, booze and drugs and the way it went in the 60s with psychedelics, uh, well, a lot of other hard drugs, you know, back then, uh, cocaine, things of that nature. It seems like now things are going that direction, at least as a normie observer, uh, me being the normie in this case, compared to the world that you're in. Uh, it seems like something like OnlyFans is also showing itself to be this thing that uh, you know if you are beautiful and glamorous and again i know you're against trickery so no trickery if you are beautiful and glamorous and you can go in there make money and uh it, it it glamorizes that aspect of it so again where do you see uh the uh the right moral stance to uh to take in this case i think that it is um not immediately clear uh i mean obviously like i don't think that OnlyFans is immoral. I don't think that participating in OnlyFans is immoral. Um, I'm also a moral nihilist, uh, but I still like doing things that make me feel good. And what makes oh me feel God. good is often <laughs> other people feel good. Um, and so, so when it comes to like sex work and stuff, I find that uh, often people sort of misjudge uh, the way that other people's minds work. This is really common. Um, and I think that like if you were accurate in what you thought the things other people's minds were doing, then I would probably agree with you a lot more. Um, but like, for me specifically, I, I feel pretty self-aware. Um, 
and I feel good about it. Like, I'm not gonna like sugarcoat, there are some things I don't like. Um, there are downsides uh, and there are ways that it have affected my personal life. Um, and I consider it overall to be like one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life. And- Well, you talked about in your guide, I was reading about the tips for uh, women getting into this. So about how it could yeah. potentially if negatively. So you are, you're very honest about, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, I'm very sorry. Yeah. Right. So like, I mean, you are, you're not like a hundred percent wrong. Like, I'm not like, Oh, nothing you say is correct. Cause like, yeah, it sucks for some people. Some people get into sex work and then find that like, it's just taking an emotional toll that they really can't handle. Um, and likely those people probably shouldn't be doing sex work. A lot of people don't feel this way. Also a lot of men are able to consume pornography in a healthy way. Um, I think likely more men than you suspect. I would guess that like we both have like different predictions about how men can can pursue it. Uh, I do agree that there's like a lot of uh, confusion and rough edges when you like sort of transfer or change culture. So like if you have a whole bunch of people who are used to like a certain type of sexual norm and then you introduce a different sexual norm, uh, you're going to see a lot of problems for a while until people sort of get used to it and it gets integrated. And I do think that like um, for communities I've seen that seem to have really integrated sex positivity in like sort of a long-term way, like they've been growing their whole lives in this sort of thing um this is just sort of like a permanent like back fixture for them they seem to have like in my personal experience again it's not like statistically relevant uh but they seem to have way far fewer uh, uh way fewer psychological issues with it than other people um also Wait, what do you mean by communities out of curiosity do you mean like local like communes or just like decentralized people online when you say um, communities Various friend circles I've run it. So like uh, some burner communities, some of the rationalists, some kink communities, um, a little bit of dancing too. Um, yeah, they, they seem to be, it seems to be like relatively sustainable. Um, I'm saying like it kind of vaguely here. Uh, but like, but I have personally experienced like really, really positive relationships that feel like genuinely healthy through and through in sex work. And, and often I feel like the criticisms of sex work like fail to recognize that sex work is performing like a really important service for a lot of people and yeah it has downsides and also like it is vital like i suspect like i have probably helped some people not kill themselves and and like you can't like take that meaning away from me or from like people i know who've had similar experiences but don't you think that it's more of an, an indictment on society in general that um, certainly certain forms of alienated men have are driven to towards prostitution and sex work and so forth that instead of having sort of a, a healthier social arrangement that we have to sort of utilize this emotional labor to like, you know, I mean, LARP and pretend to be intimate with people. I mean, to me, it just seems kind of alienating, but, but I, I mean, it's, it's not yeah. a sex worker's fault that, you know, some men have issues, you know, there are going to always be like unhealthy people out there and there's always going to be sex workers, you know, and sometimes like the combination thereof is very toxic, but it's not but, the sex worker's fault. And yeah, but sex but sex workers, workers they've they've had different sort of they have a di oh, so different I, function. I I oh, nice. Oh, let's take a look. Hold on there. Yeah, I'll, I'll post it. It's in the a little chat. bit. Uh, yeah, post it. It's a little bit too digital. bright. Or, yeah. So she can post in the chat. Um, no, I mean, there there was throughout history there there were like um, temple prostitutes and sacred prostitutes and so forth yeah. that did have a social function well sacred but, is the key word here though right because there was yeah, a ritual that, and but again this is like a pre-christian 
yeah. conception of of it. So, as for the argument that you know people are well adjusted right, in these communities, yeah. Go, look, sorry, go ahead. Look at that. That is beautiful. Check that Wait, did out. You, did you? Oh, there we go. Wow. Ayla, you got two paintings. You got two paintings in one go. So you got uh, Alexander's beautiful painting, and also my father did that painting of you with the uh, the Geo necklace <laughs> on the cover. Thank you so much. That's really cool. You're and so fast too. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, but but I'm curious to know. I mean, the argument could be that, well. If, if we were to sort of hard test it with these groups, then it could apply to everybody. But I, I don't know. I still think that there's something in the pit of the, you know, human soul that, that creates a lot of these taboos around sexuality for obvious reasons. But I'm curious to know your argument. Um, why to you, what is moral nihilism and, and how do you uh, not just justify, I mean, you know, the typical argument of like, well, how come you don't do bad things, blah, blah, blah. I, I know like why, you know, people don't do bad things. There's a lot of social pressure and so forth, but why, why, how have you come to sort of the conclusion of moral nihilism and how do you think that it is a, maybe not an ethic, an anti-ethic that can benefit people as someone who is, you know, ostensibly the total opposite of moral nihilist. So I'm very curious. Um, I mean, I don't mean that like in a fucking facetious way. I am generally curious about, yeah. Well, I just wanted to make that point clear. I'm not like, I'm not trying to irony post here. I am curious uh, how, you know, how you've gone about that. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Sorry. Um, so to, to start, I seem to behave like very morally. Uh, like if you would measure my behavior, I think that like uh, probably above average, possibly. Uh, I tend to be like extremely against things like, uh, lying in dishonesty, even when it strongly inconveniences me. Um, and I go out of my way to do things like, you know, return wallets or whatever, um, even when nobody's looking. Uh, so so to start, I, I want to say that I'm not like, although I do sex work, so maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> well, we're going to debate that. So. Um, but I, I just want to say that like, like my view, like when I talk about my views, keep in mind that like this, like uh, I'm, I'm not like stabbing people and stealing money or anything. Um, but I don't really experience the sensation of uh, morality at all. Um, very rarely, occasionally, maybe like once or twice a month, um, I experience a sense of like a moral thing inside me. And when people talk about like uh, that, <laughs> I don't really understand. Um, it's like it doesn't tap into something in my head. Okay, so for, uh, then, for example, if you were to do something real shitty to somebody, would you then have something inside of you that just kept you up at night and think like, shit, like, why did I do that to this person? You know, like that kind of, it's almost like a physical feeling, like an ache. I don't know. Is there, is there something similar that you would experience in that case? Like if you were to be shitty to somebody? Sometimes, sometimes I feel like empathy for the person if I've hurt them. Um, like it, if I hurt somebody, often it will hurt me and I'll be like, ah. Oh. That's painful. Yeah, yeah. There, there we <laughs> that's go. Yeah. to not hurt someone. Um, that's usually what goes on. So, uh, so that's it. That's the morality. I mean, I don't really know so why. Why is that morality? Because I think that morality is something that, uh, through that feeling, lets you know if something that you did is, uh, you know, that's a moral intuitionism. But yeah. Ella is saying she doesn't have that. But so, uh, if you I don't have it's like pain and pleasure, basically. But can you, but can you really create maybe not a morality, but an ethics based purely on pain and pleasure? Like that's the old, 
utilitarian sort of bugaboo of like can pleasure and pain like this is going back to like fucking the Nicromachean ethics right like can you create a social fabric from just merely the cessation of pain and the pursuit of pleasure I'm not I'm not trying to create a moral framework I have none sorry ethical framework not moral not moral um what do you mean by ethics I'm sorry that's a dumb question um God, see, it's one of those things where you know, but then it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't it's something that is a codification of behavior as opposed to what we feel as morality in terms of the impulse towards what we conceive of as right and wrong. It's more ethics is sort of like behavior within a society that we've codified, that we've arranged as being acceptable Um behavior and action and so forth whereas morality is something different um yeah okay, morality so is something much more agree is acceptable like social norms yeah, yeah yeah okay yes yes um ethics are more the codification of social norms and how we exist interpersonally whereas morality typically the way people frame it colloquially is something that is inside and something that we feel is like a conscious weighing upon a conscience weighing upon us so in in a way you could say that ethics and morality they are correlated but they're not like so, like they're sufficient together but they're not like necessarily together okay what, what was the original question um if you could base um a, an ethical social arrangement purely on this principle that you are a moral nihilist and not just your moralist but rather you pursue pleasure and avoid pain like the old like you you know Stuart mill utilitarian metric if if i had to make rules for people yeah like how can you from your position as a moral nihilist um create an ethics that is like a sense ostensibly making rules for people i guess that's a very basic yeah well it would be like trying to figure out what i want um and usually this comes down to stuff like i would like people to have a lot of freedom uh that sound, that would make me feel good like the thought of like going entering a society where there's like everybody's very free like makes me feel like really great in my body. Um, I like when people uh, are self-exploratory and honest with each other. That makes me feel good. Um, is this the kind how, of- How do you define no. freedom, by the way? I'm really curious about that. How would you define freedom? It's oh, a hard one. It is a hard um, one, I know. But also, are you an well, egoist? Like, 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 I, like, huh? No, are you an egoist then? Like you feel that, like, like you're more of like, within that moral nihilism you believe in a form of ethical egoism um what is ethical egoism oh, it's it's like um sorry i know i know it's it's really i'm, I'm flustered at, but essentially you believe that your will and your ego has a certain power and you have a right to express your wants and feelings and I, I really don't want to, like, you know, I'm just going to look up the fucking Wikipedia definition. Yeah. But essentially, you feel that it's ethical and it's proper behavior to pursue your own interests. I like pursuing my own interests. Well, yeah. then, well, then getting back to the freedom thing, the reason why I ask this is because there was an interesting um, talk that I um, was listening to about freedom and uh, what exactly freedom meant at different times. So at certain times, freedom 
not only did it mean freedom from, let's say, tyranny, from having somebody's boot on your shoulder or whatever, but it also meant freedom from uh, desire, freedom from, you know, having yourself uh, be cast into, you know, one, uh, you, you know, grappling like, for something. Yeah, this is the, ba yeah. the basic St. Paul argument that, that what you think is freedom is actually you're being enslaved to the passions. Libido yeah, dominandi. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the E. Michael Jones, like St. Paul argument that, that, you know, you're enslaved to your passions and that sin is a form of inner slavery, even though you think you're free. It's, uh, I'm sure, but again, you've heard all of this before. So it's kind of like, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, my conception of freedom is basically just uh, like, uh, I don't think it's like a super coherent concept, but it seems useful. And uh, like you know the positive negative rights like uh people like don't take your stuff and don't like hurt your body um and something i'm not sure that it's fully explored but i, I like the idea of property ownership um and having rights over your property feels good but but do you think that you know you come across and again i don't mean to be overtly critical but you come across you say i'm an ethical i'm a moral nihilist i don't believe in a morality but do you think that reason informs your sense of action and behavior and comportment do you think that reason is a basis or do you believe in more of a total uh, moral nihilism where reason has no part in it it's just like reason almost justifies our actions it's not like nietzsche said after a while when we start to rationalize we can't tell the difference between what is actual reason and just being a rationalization after the fact so do you think that reason plays into your conception of how you behave or reason is, is just like a way of i don't know justifying what you do or what anyone does i'm, I'm not totally sure it's, I, I suspect so like a lot of the time i have like a faint idea of what like might make me feel good but it takes like a lot of uh, thinking to try and figure out how to get to that point or like even to uh, uncover what it is to myself that i actually want and so i use uh thinking <laughs> the thinking part of my brain if that's what you're asking Mm. So, so in a way, reason is sort of like a grounding of how you determine what is the best action for you to pursue. I mean, I pay attention to like my, my, like the felt sense, like in sort of like the back of my head and like down the front of my chest is usually where it is. And it feels like like a pulling towards or pushing away. And then Kundalini if I think of it, I, like, I don't know if Big Yud would approve. I don't think that's very rationalist of you. That's a Kundalini snake in reverse. It's a Luciferian. I think, yeah, I think Ayala's Kundalini is Kundalini. Ayala, have you ever had a Kundalini experience? I don't know. I thought I might have. Probably. Been, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you ever delved into like tantric sex, any of that kind of stuff. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Well, there's there, there's always uh, there's always time and uh, verse. Well, she's uh, going she's going to get an OnlyFans request to do uh, tantric yoga, and so she will have to uh, brush up on her. Um, you know, you know, apparently they say the Kama Sutra isn't even canon. It was actually created by. Bon I'm the bonk, Geo. You're about to get the, the the bonk, the official. Yeah, they they say the Kama Sutra was created by British colonialists, like. Uh, Sir Richard Burton. It actually wasn't mm -hmm. a real no. Hindu text, but I don't know if that's true. No, 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 no. It was no, a real was Hindu real. text. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, but the way it was the way it was interpreted was by 
prolific uh, colonialist perverts yeah. like Richard Burton <laughs> yeah, going no, no, and they, having they sex with beautiful out, women around the world. They left out a lot of things, um, mm-hmm. according to uh, this uh, w- wonderful uh, Hindu girl who I know. Uh, they left out, yeah. They left out a lot of things having to do with just forming your life properly, like certain traditions that you should occupy your time with. All was she a Brahmin, was... Lev? Was she a Brahmin? Yes, all that. <laughs> oh, dude! Was... How did I know that? How did I know that, Lev? How did I know that? Yes, her um, her, her <laughs> grandfather was a pundit. Her grandfather was a pundit. Oh, uh, even better, even yes, better. <laughs> yes, but but anyway, the idea so... here, the idea here is that. In the Kama Sutra, it's supposed to talk about just like how do you base your whole life around like uh, how do you have relationships, how do you have sex, but beyond sex, just like how do you go about living in a married life? And so so I think that there is a thirst out there for wisdom, not even a thirst. I'd say there is an ignorance of wisdom. People don't really like to listen to the wisdom of their elders, uh, especially today. You know, it's like uh, from that Clockwork Orange trope with the bum. He's talking about, you know, men on the moon, men spinning around the earth. And there's no attention paid to earthly law and order no more. Well, anyway, I'm not going to get into the Clark Orange thing. The point is, is that, uh, oh yeah, he says uh, it lets the uh, you it lets the old get out of the young. Never mind. Anyway, verse, you're back, yes. and I would love uh, uh, to hear your uh, also opinions of what we just talked about uh, right now about being slaves to your libidinal drives. Yeah, and um, that uh you know the compulsion towards pornography is is more uh you know uh shackle than it is some kind of liberation but yeah i mean there's that but then uh more more since we have like a uh, more than just like being a dude on the internet and seeing porn all the time like you're there is a uh parasocial nature to like to like the whole you know only fans and pornography thing that kind of also i think contributes to like alienation society so and also of course like there's if I'm trying to be like more chart like more um global in my thinking there's also like the whole it like not only fans particularly but like online pornography like facilitates sex trafficking on a large scale and you know a lot of other major issues so it's like not that I'm on my moral high horse but also like you know I don't think it's particularly uh beneficial to society but uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm. Me trying to be like respectful. That's how I will describe it. That's where. That's yeah. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not long-winded. <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, Zero did ask, and he did request. Um, yeah, we totally forgot about to, Zero. Yes, to say zero. the Lord's prayer. He requested to say the Lord's prayer. Like, what would that go for? Um, on your OnlyFans, Aya. Must have missed my uh, Christian streams. Yeah, you, you had little, Christian you like streams. Psalms, you could do Psalms twenty three if you want. Like, I, you know, I yeah. think he's a little bit. I think he has. Um, wait, 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 no, no. Unironically, you had. Oh my. Oh. Yeah, yeah I would do things. All right. Because I mean, I used to be very religious. <laughs> oh and I, I memorized over eight hundred verses of the Bible, and so they, what I same. would do is I would uh, dress like the way I used to, and then like pretend that I was not supposed to be. I, like, in, I, I was to witness. I, I came here to witness. To the, the people on the live stream, um, but in order to do that, I had to obey the rules of the site, and the rules are that if somebody tips me, I have to take my clothes off, and I got very upset about mm. it. Are you even? Were you evangelical growing up? Or Mormon? Yeah, she, yeah. evangelical. Nice. Some ten revivals well, and stuff. As as Same. a good Italian Catholic, I have as on my cross my grandfather's cross, my cornicello, to help to ward against the evil spirits that I am uh, subjecting myself. <laughs> no, I'm We're, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm only ti- partially two sides kidding, of a but... similar coin here. <laughs> 
with the evangelical upbringing and then the base path and the and the cringe path uh like of the force have split uh post, but i feel uh, but this upbringing. is but again i think verse this is the problem i feel with like What's the problem american like biblical literalism and like evangelical stuff because they, they don't have like the sort of necessary lindy hard tested um yeah, approaches do. to no it's no no it's no, literally no. the most long-standing book in, in like in no the but Canada. as opposed to roman catholicism or orthodoxy they oh, don't have no, this no. sort of like middle way approach to human sub sexuality though i mean depending on who you ask but it just seems like i don't know for some reason american protestantism has become a fedora factory or rather evangelicalism <laughs> has become like a fedora factory and i don't know there's got to be something there i don't know, I, don't know. I mean i live in north carolina and you know a lot of the protestant girls there were you know just fine it, i think it, i think it kind of depends on your upbringing in a lot of ways yeah yeah like the the, the strict nate how, how strict and calvinist your family were or what have you but then well, but but Ayla, do you think like a, a? I know this is kind of like a stupid question. Do you feel that like there's a critic, like people that are critical of you, they say that like you're still in that like you know teen angst rebellious phase against your upbringing. Like do you do you get that criticism a lot? And what do you think of? Yeah, people often be like, oh, Ayla's just like rebelling against you know being strict upbringing, or you know, or she just like hates her dad and is trying to get back at him. Like I get that stuff all the time. Is it true though? That's the question. <laughs> oh no, no! I mean, that's a legitimate question. Making bank at it. Yeah, you can make you know? bank. But I'm, this the is what is whether everyone wants to know in the chat. Yes, is it true? Oh my! It's God. okay um, if that's the case. So. I think. So no. one, like based on introspection, I don't think this is true, and I've admitted a lot more like unflattering things to myself. Um, and secondly, the timeline doesn't quite line up. Uh, after mm -hmm. I left home and was doing like a lot of processing and stuff, um, I still was extremely morally upstanding, as you might think, for, for quite a while after that. Um, and it only was like after uh, periods of financial hardship where I decided to finally try sex work. And it was not a first resort. And it was like mm -hmm. quite some time after I had uh, parted ways with my dad. So, you, so then you would consider yourself like a sex positive feminist? I don't know if I would consider myself a feminist. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like this. I, I That's think, interesting. I do like women's rights. Why are you, um, are you like women's rights, but not well. feminism? Huh? Hmm. No, no. Just I was clarifying. You say you want you like women's rights, but you're not pro-feminism. Um, well, so it depends on what you mean by fem feminism. Means a lot of things, and a lot of them I'm very behind. I agree with a lot. Um, and it also means some other things that I don't agree with. And so if you're thinking a specific thing by feminism, like I may adhere to that and I may not. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to, if in your own ter terms, cause I don't want to like, you know, put words in your mouth. What would you qualify? How would you qualify your views on the matter? Um, I think like, women's and the feminists, like you're split from, how do you differ from feminism? Okay. Uh, so, like, I, I, oh, that's it. I was making a lot of arguments against yeah. women's rights, um, and I think women absolutely should have rights. I was treated very poorly as a woman growing up, and I have like a personal, strong, like, emotional, like, uh, understanding of what it means to be treated poorly as because I'm a woman. Like, explicitly told mm -hmm. uh, that I was uh, less intelligent and I was supposed to be submissive, and um, like, I'm not good at taking risks. Like, I can't think clearly because I'm like, that stuff sucks. I'm, uh, well, I know what that's. Like. I, I got you. 
Right. <laughs> so I, I don't mean to be like not deeply empathetic to that um, because I can still feel it in me, you know, like the grief from it. Um, but if, also, if you, like, if you don't mind me asking, questions. who who were who were the people that were doing it? Was it like uh, authority figures, like people within your community, like? Uh... Yeah. Well, I mean, I was homeschooled, and all of the other people that I knew were in like basically an identical community to me. So, uh, and our media was filtered. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't really have significant exposure to another way of being. Hmm. So you had internet, but the sites were all, uh, you know, specially selected for you, basically. We had restrictions placed on the website you could access, yeah. Interesting. I was also homeschooled, by the way, so uh, there we go. But uh, no, my, my experience is very different. But yeah, but you use... could argue that it was a good outcome, though. I mean, Yale is very successful and popular, and Lev, you were successful and popular. So you could say oh. the homeschooling was actually good. Yeah. Oh, well, I used. I mean, statistically, Bob... it I is. Used I used mean, but... Bob Jones University. Was that what you guys used, or no? That was like no. the homeschool program <laughs> for like Christian uh, fundamentalists, and we were not Christian nice. fundamentalists, but that was just you know the um... thing that we happened to um, to see there. But no, it is, it is interesting. I see similarities. Like I was talking before the stream started about uh, growing up in um, Russia. Well, growing up, I was like four years old when I came here to America. But uh, the kind of stuff that my parents went through, like my dad went through, my mom went through, like there was a lot of especially like for uh, women in Russia, like my great, I think it was like great, great, great grandmother. She grew up at 15. She married this older Jewish guy. And this is like in a small shuttle, like, you know, in those Jewish villages. Shtetl, yeah. Shtetl. Uh, I love it when Bronze Age Pervert says Shtetlberg. I love when he says Shtetlberg. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yes. So. Uh, yes. In, hello. In, so he was like a very religious guy. And I think he laid a hand on her as well. Back then, he was much older than her. And uh, despite that, like, she was an incredibly kind person. And she was always welcoming to everyone. And so even an example like that. Like when I see people advocating for, you know, the great chain of, chain of being and the man above the woman and all that, it's like, mm. I, I it, it, to me, it's bullshit just because it's not bullshit that let's say there should be like certain people who are, let's say, guiding lights of the family if they deserve it. But a lot of people don't deserve that shit. A lot of people who are just going to be brutes and who are just going to beat the fuck out of you, they don't deserve that place. They're closer to the beasts of the field as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like when it comes to something like that, how can we balance the need that other people, let's say, who are not the biggest Ayala girl fans, how do we balance the need that they see of wanting there to be more order in the world, wanting there to be like less of this uh, disintegration, everybody doing their own thing, which would cause as they see it chaos, which would cause as they see it uh, entropy over time. I don't know what better word here, Ayala, to use in this. I'm just trying to make an example of like disorder, complete chaos. This is how they see things going down right now. And I could see some legitimacy in that. So how do we balance that out with at the same time not creating these beast people that beat their kids, that beat their wives, and just uh, make a hell on earth for people uh, like uh, it was for you when you were living in that environment? Yeah, it's extremely hard. Uh, there's like a lot of factors. So a lot of the chaos we're seeing um, isn't just out of nowhere. It's due to reasons. Like we're seeing a giant cultural shift in the last you know, 100 years or so. And it's not just because like the culture decided it got bored and decided to have a shift. No, it's like there's like concrete reasons why people are acting the way they are. And and I often find like, like in judgment of the way people are acting, it's sort of like this implication, like, well, you should go back to before. I'm like, well, 
you're ignoring like the the whole chain of events that got us here. Like we can't go back to before for the same reason we're here in the first place. And I, I think that there's a lot of issues with where we are now. Um, but the answer is not returning to the past. The answer is like figuring out a new way to move forward. Like mm -hmm. we have to like integrate what's going on. Like I think women should have rights. And I do think that women vote for things I disagree with. Um, and we should figure out a way to like give women agency and freedom and also manage to have like actual, like to have like general freedom in a culture too. Like we need to find a new, a totally new like frame that like neither like the traditional feminist approach nor like the super trad approach is gonna be able to do for us. Well, I think the, well, go ahead, Verse. I, oh, no, no. Uh, no, I mean, I was... my point was that I think that we kind of miscategorize the, the past. Yeah. Not that I don't think we can return because you can't put the genie back in the bottle. No, exactly. You, it's miscategorized. Like, it doesn't make sense. The whole argument that, like, all the men were beating their wives doesn't literally, there's, it, yeah. there's no grounding for that. It doesn't yeah, and I was not making that sense. argument. Just, no, I know, just I know, to be clear. I, yeah. I know what you are. Um, but I think that, like, we should acknowledge a lot of the reason why we've moved in this atomized yeah, things like exactly. Bernays and various you know the Tavistock but, Institute and various different like think tanks that like kind of deliberately atomized us in order to but, but also make generate more capital but yeah the, exactly and, and versus right and also like you can see this um you know my position on the political right is uh you know when it comes to contemporary the contemporary art world i always have to defend uh, my love of certain <laughs> no, artworks um and to say that like to examine the conditions and actually he's in the chat but uh everyone should go and see zero hp lovecraft's interview with my good friend alex kashuda who is mm. also a woman by the way i do not hate women she i am friends only... with uh alexandra a... friends with default friend uh anyways like um... default friend and alex was on my podcast yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, they were both great podcasts uh, versus uh, Versions podcast, who I also was on his podcast. Um, so, <laughs> um, so Zero HP Lovecraft, he brought up this point about the, the misconception is... A radical eugenics. Yeah, radical eugenics. Um, the, the misconception is that when it comes to traditionalism, traditionalism itself, the way it's framed is like a very like modernist concept. Shut up, Jules. Yes, I do know women. <laughs> Fuck you. No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, I know. I know. It's like, I got a black, well, versus my black friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he was saying how tradition itself is like a modernist concept because our ancestors did not conceive of themselves as traditional but i would say that within traditionalism proper in terms of as a philosophy rather than the conception by which you know we have to go back to when women were chattel or whatever like where men were but then again you know men they had to establish themselves and create their own value in a traditional framework as well but i would say that in within the tradition as a philosophy, as a way of approaching the sort of fall into modernity, I would say that that implies itself a form of futurism in, in a way that, you know, it's an impossibility to truly go back to the past and view reality the way that our ancestors did. But that being said, I, I feel like, Ayala, you're kind of a bit close, not, I mean, we're worlds apart, but like closer to what, would be an authentic form of not completely a return because return returning returning that is just a worship of ashes that is yeah, not a not preservation of a flame yeah yeah yes I, no, is there hp i do have binders full of women but they're art references don't get any ideas 
it's purely just because uh, it's for my artistic practice. So, so don't worry about it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Let me save my thought. But anyway, the pre- tradition is not the preservation of ash or not the worship of ash, just preservation of fire or whatever, whichever direction you say that in. But yeah, there's we can't yeah. move forward without thinking, taking the Lindy concepts that have sustained uh humanity through the, the aeons uh with the, if we don't if we ignore all of them because of like exceptions to the rule um that we're not really doing better like i would say even ayla would you say it's fair to for me to say that you wouldn't uh say your lifestyle is for everybody like it's more of the exception than it is the rule is that a fair assumption on my part um, i think most people would be unhappy doing sex work yes so and to my greater point, it's not so much that persons of this, you know, whatever are shouldn't exist. It's more of like a, it's promoted at a scale that is on is not only unnatural. It's also detrimental to society. Like when if I go on TikTok and I see girls getting groomed to because of whatever because they get because they have the potential to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's like literally evil. You know what I mean? Like there's there's some things that are just like wrong right that one's one of them right whereas like that's not to say that like an adult can't make decisions regardless of if i agree with them but i feel as if the um liberation i mean can girls go to bars if they're underage like they drink underage kids do drugs underage they get fake ids they like these people can still do it they, mm, they do true, often do it only fans once promoted mm. an underage uh uh, camera um on their uh twitter and they got called out for it but she was like she started when she was 17. yeah and this is a common this is actually fairly common I'm not sure how common that is I mean I have to take I don't want to go reddit here and say well what are the statistics but at the same time I there, do there was that Adam versus there was that uh, Adam yes. explains things video where he's like actually sex addiction isn't real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, but I but I do want to but but I do want to take a look more at like what is fanning the flames of for example when you do have posts and I know we had a we we had a um a friend of ours who a great friend of the show uh who uh she was uh she turned uh no i i think she turned 18 long ago but then she had a post that she did where she kind of like pretended to say that uh oh my god i turned 18 now i'm gonna get my only fans and her only fans was just like her like cooking or like doing the yeah i was a troll yeah but the idea here though is that there are examples i'm sure i just don't remember the specific ones of girls turning 18 and then like rushing in to get their only fans so to me that is more of an example of this like yeah, like mm-hmm. this uh, fanning of the flames type of thing, which again goes to my original <laughs> question, which I think, Ayala, you answered as far as you don't, you wouldn't encourage sex work in general. So then the question is of like, how would you then go about uh, just talking about it even? Just like, here I am, this is what I do. Because you could talk about it in terms of how much money you can make from this, but would basically what I'm trying to say here is would it be worth it to have a disclaimer which would say like you know this is uh you know all these bad things are possible to happen you really have to make sure like you 100% want to do this just like really really try to emphasize I don't know really what would be your ideal society in terms of the, the issue of sex work in general what is your utopia um I do put disclaimers uh, on my guide to cam girls. I wrote, I've multiple times throughout the article talked about the negatives. 
Um, and part of like the point of it was trying to help people evaluate whether or not this is something that they want to do. Um, and I don't have any sense that I was trying to hold back information or like sway yeah. people. I was being as actually honest as I could. And I think that's good. I would like um, more conversations about sex work to like be genuine about it. Um, I, I feel like I haven't seen like a ton of glamorizing it. Um, I am in a lot of communities. I regularly read uh, cultures like that I don't ascribe to. I'm subscribed to like 600 subreddits and a whole bunch of Facebook groups from things I don't agree with. Um, and in from across the spectrum, <laughs> all, all different kinds. And the I haven't really gotten the impression that OnlyFans is um, glorified in a way that sort of obscures the downsides really almost at all. Um, if anything, it might be the reverse. Um, Based on what I've seen, it could be seeing different things. I mean, mm, I, yeah, I, I there, like there I is like monthly like posts that get like numbers where they say like you know I started OnlyFans in nineteen now I have a down payment on like this man McMansion that the company yeah. probably bought. A ton like, of, of tons probably of videos most on TikTok of the on YouTube. From sex workers. Mm. Like a lot of the glorification. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I agree that this is true. If you look at uh, sex workers who are doing well on OnlyFans, they're going to talk about how they're doing well on OnlyFans. Um, yeah. They also can't talk about the downsides. Like, it's not yeah. sexy and it's not going to increase your income to be mm -hmm. like, wow, this guy, my highest tipper is fucking pissing me off right now. And I'm having trouble like sleeping because I'm worried that maybe he's not going to stop uh, tipping me. Mm -hmm. like, like, you can't say that shit. But doesn't that counteract the argument because you have to like put on a face almost like like a social like persona in order to do this type of work and do you feel that in a way that you can't express any sort of vulnerability it's like you know it's like those um those asthma i know i know verse i say it asthma asmr uh girlfriend experience where it's all about this i wasn't like, gonna i wasn't gonna write at you don't worry <laughs> yeah where it's like this girlfriend immersion experience where she's like laying in bed and it's like she's patting your head and shit and she's pretending to love you like don't you feel that in a way of your own self you have to put on this persona in, in a way that's not it's not merely that like everyone puts on a persona everyone does you know Exactly. Every, you know, there's a theater, there's erotica, there's the erotic arts, but do you feel that like when you're playing to the fetish of like certain men that want you to act in a certain way, do you feel like in a way that's not like a artistic expression, but rather that's like a persona that is merely for a benefit of someone else that maybe you get some financial incentive to it, but I, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. Like, like, do you think I use this like straight autist face when I'm like live streaming as a sex? I, was a, so I, just, <laughs> I didn't I, say it. You did. I didn't say it. Somebody's but, uh, a chat respecter, I guess. Z, so, uh, ZHP said that my oratory style is like Pendulette, but cat. I think that's. Accurate. I love that. I actually do kind of look like Pendulette, but uh, you do look um, like Pendulette. Yeah, before his weight loss, obviously. <laughs> now, I don't... Her there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's we're not. I don't think that you in particular, Ayla, do uh, obscure. No, Ayla's quite vanilla. Not that I would know, though, but it's. I I will give you that. Be, yeah, no no uh, fursuits like here. Obscuring the, like. No fur. Lev, did you immediately like, go to the fucking fursuit? Like the downsides <laughs> of profession. Now I. But I, so so I will be charitable in that sense. I do I do, however think that there is a like 
phrasing. I, I feel like there's a uh, the 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 conversation of like the, like the very highly permissive like not just you in particular but of like sec- high per- sexual permissiveness and like poly and whatever i think a lot of people get sucked into it even people who are otherwise smart like and they and they find themselves constantly like ruining relationships like for example like i i mean i know personally people who are poly for example or like you see a ton- tons of like reddit posts of people like doing like oh i ruined my marriage or whatever because people want to try these new things but again also realize you can't put genie back in the bottle once you open pandora's well, box we're I'm switching mixed, to the poly issue now, so. now but like no i mean like it's all the same thing it's all one mm. and the same it's like oh we're this in, open we're in this view of human like everything yeah yeah let's all try different new configurations of everything even though we know what works from fifty thousand years of humanity we know generally what works. We, it, we've done the same thing since for, as an animal for. But but then know, but Ayala's argument is that yeah, sex work is also Lindy, so that's kind of like. Yeah, it's not like it's yeah, not like no, people I mean, that's always an being issue. committed to their partners is a thing. But in a way, it's in a way, it's kind of interesting if we think back to the uh, sex work of old. If we're talking about like the uh, temple uh, uh, pr- prostitutes back then there was some kind of system that they were under and i wonder how retirement worked because that's one part that we didn't really talk about here retirement uh getting old what happens then because let's say even in the polyamorous situation i always found it weird and i was asking jules this before uh because jules he was into polyamory and he's still a polyamory you know uh respecter from what i understand uh respecter yeah (laughs) Uh, when it uh when it uh, when it comes to let's say you're in a polyamorous relationship and then you get old uh, are you going to be able to have this quality of, let's say, when you're like, uh, when you're feeling sick, who's going to hold the bucket for you and you know, to throw up in, or who's going to pardon, you know, where I'm going with this, but who's going to like wipe your butt, you know, when you're not able to do so anymore? You know what I mean? Like, well, you'd have these... a community of people, Lev. You have the polycule <laughs> with uh, actors, and ZHP brought up. Uh, Prostitution is Lindy, but online streaming pornography is not Lindy. It's a uniquely modern phenomenon. True. So yeah. I wonder. But uh, but no, I mean, I I think it is a serious consideration, uh, as far as anybody's entire life, because people do sometimes live lives of like blooming quickly, like a beautiful, you know, fiery rose, and then just, you know, that's also a life that people choose to go through but then as far as the long-term plan here for anybody who wants to pursue a career uh in a sex work what would be then like uh the last rounds of the game of life so to speak like what would be what would be the optimal way for people to go about it and could people still end up like let's say at an older age maybe they could still end up having a relationship with somebody meeting somebody Lev, come on Lev, listen listen Lev. the hottest commodity right now is milf porn you know this right so <laughs> yes that's i did not i wanted mention. to kind of back away from that aspect of it but yes there is milf porn too but at a certain point like how old can you get before i i don't know i don't know oh man. there's don't don't ask that question you do not want to know the answer yeah, yes. so it's, no, no but but still uh, i mean Ayala, i think this is a this is a serious uh question here as far as what is the long-term plan in general from a lot of the people who you've spoken with who are within the industry a lot of people who get into sex work um did it because they didn't have other good financial options you don't have a lot of people dropping out of being a lawyer to be a sex worker 
So these people aren't exactly giving up careers in something that is going to be blossoming. These are people who are um, like maybe if they had pursued a normal life would end up like a middle manager at Whole Foods after, because they worked there for 30 years. Um, so if you do sex work for a very long time um, and then stop, most of the people who are stopping like aren't really missing out on that much. Their options really weren't that good anyway. Um, the people who do very well in sex work tend to be more business oriented, um, more driven. Um, like a lot of the people who are making the most money on OnlyFans like are really good at marketing. Um, and at that point, once you quit sex work, you have the skills to be able to build your own business elsewhere. Um, like for example, so every sex worker should probably take a community college business course. They want that to, get... to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also saving for retirement. If you're a successful sex worker, you can probably retire before you get too old. Never have to work again. But, but don't you think, I mean, do, do you feel that um, the, the sort of, uh, well, two things, two things come to mind. One is, um, have you ever heard of the, the, the book, um, the textbook smut? Have you ever heard of this book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, like a university level. Like I was taught this, I had, uh, when I was a philosophy grad, um, it's about the difference between like the, it's like basically this guy, he was like a student of Sartre and he was talking about the different conceptions of how people view eroticism and sexuality and the lines between it. And he had a few different models. One of them was what he called, I believe he called it the evangelical model where sexuality is something that invades the subject and it blurs the lines between like what is my true self and what is a release into an open, a terrifying openness. And then he had like the libertarian model, which I mean, the book has been criticized, but it's generally a good book. I feel that gets at the core of what people think and feel about sexuality. Like, so someone as yourself, as opposed to someone like me or verse, it's like, we have a, almost like there's a, a chasm between how we view the, the human, human subject itself. And it, strongly correlates to how we relate to our own selves, our own bodies, our own. And he goes into this like Sartrean uh, distinction between what is authenticity and like crafting yourself in terms of like er erogenous zones and so forth. So that comes to mind, like the different approaches to being, but also I would say like, what do you feel about this? uh, You were talking about long-term career plans as a sex worker. What do you feel about like the old school, like Naomi Klein beauty standard argument that it's sort of like wrong of like placing the standard upon myself behave yourself behave yourself myself i let you i I let you in here because uh you know this is a this is a privilege not not a right over here but anyways what do you what do you feel about like the naomi klein beauty standards argument that it's sort of like wrong to like uh you know, these young women that go into sex work, they're, they're expected to look a certain way. And it's like, they're, they're, they only have like a very quick shelf, like quote unquote shelf life to like what they're doing. Like, what do you, do you feel that that's like being challenged nowadays that people want more niche? Like, I remember it came up in your interview, like people want more niche forms of porn. They don't necessarily want like the porn star, like, you know, gratuitous, like grunting, moaning, uh, violation. They want something that's like more like paraphilic in a way. They want something more personalized. So I, I don't know. What do you think of like the feminist beauty standard argument? Um, 
before I answer, I won't say I need to go pretty soon. So after oh, I answer, okay, I yeah, go. no problem. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if male like preferences in porn have changed over time. I would guess that they haven't significantly. I bet that like the kind of things that men like now are about the kind of things that they liked uh, 20 years ago, except for maybe incest porn. I don't know if that's a quirk of search or what. That is um, one of the most popular searches. It's growing. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I, I, there's like a specific thing that men like, and it's like a 19 year old girl with like a medium, slightly large breasts who looks super young and just like desperately wants to suck your thick and has thin thighs. Like you, you look like that. And you know, men are going to give you a whole bunch of money. Uh, girl next like door that. look. <laughs> right. Girl but, next door. But that's um, what I mean. Like you don't, for example, like yourself, you don't look like the typical, like stereotypical eighties porn bimbo. Like you have, uh, <laughs> you got more of the girl next door brunette vibe going like maybe that is there's something to be said about that i don't know i'm getting into trouble now i'm so i'll shut up so. right it's intentional like i've never gotten tattoos and i um have never had a different hair color um and it's long they like i i know what's marketable and i do that um, and you yeah. know what else is marketable it is marketable to say to everybody that you must subscribe right now for all the people in their goon caves we oh, welcome there is you. a few gooners actually we know for a fact yes we so. we, we welcome you all the uh, all the beautiful gooners out there come oh to btr come on our stream God. come you know come to the stream if you want i don't care the point is is that <laughs> you are out come. there <laughs> Everyone oh come right God. now. Are you coming yet? My work. Are you coming? We all do some asthma sounds for no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so guys, this has been oh. a great this has been a great stream. Ayala, I really appreciate you spending time with us talking about this stuff. I mean, look, I'll be honest, there was a lot of fucking haters out there on Twitter and I don't get it because you are a wonderful person. I mean, whatever difference Shout out to my of boys. opinion, no, I'm kidding, yeah, kidding. whatever difference <laughs> of opinion we happen to have, I honestly I don't fucking think it's even that much cuz I see Well, the place what did you think of here. this stream, Ayla? Do you think uh, you'd come again or I really like the reverse debate format. Uh, I'm sort of like sick of podcasts where I get the, I mean, I, it's still fun, like don't get me wrong, but like I'm starting to be interested in something more experimental. Um, and I like the the challenge of having to think about like an argument that I don't typically make or necessarily agree with. Uh, so that was great. That's what got me on here. Um, yeah, if there were more reverse debates in that sort of format. Oh, we're we're gonna have them, definitely. We're gonna have and, one and, about democracy soon coming up. We're gonna, well, that'll be fun. Yes. And they, just for my own uh, self-serving interest, do you think that your fans would be cool? Like, I, I can unlock my account now. They're not going to brigade me. Have I been respectful? Like, hopefully. I think you'll be fine. Okay, good, good. I mean, so, yes, you... So, what would you say? What would you say? Some some of my fans suck and some are great. So, okay. it's mixed bag. So, so, to all the ALF fans, please, I respect women. I do not hate women. I just, I have a problem with the rights-based model. That was probably my point. I respect women, love women. Uh, we respect you too, Gio. Thank you. Thank you. I am not a hideous, misogynistic incel. I only pretend to be one. So it's it's so cool. You only play one on TV. I only play one on, on the internet. So yes, um, it's so, been so fun. It's been like, it's to, to yeah. I mean, I, I think we are worlds apart but I feel like it's been a very enriching experience. It's made me think about from the other perspective, uh, 
the 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 arguments that one could bring up against um yeah a lot yeah. of the red pill manosphere stuff i think it's well been... this is this is what we do this is what btr break the rules does break the rules.tv subscribe to us right now we are also on captivate.fm if you want to listen to an audio version of this and by the way patreon.com patreon.com slash break the rules become a patron right fucking now become a patron because you are going to get so many goodies for all the new people who are watching this for all the simps out there simp us simp break the rules because when you simp break the rules what you get five dollar membership btr percolator you get access to secret discord twenty dollar membership you get access to beautiful magnets that my father creates really well crafted beautiful magnets uh $30 membership gets you geo's beautiful prints from the tfw no gf series $50 gives you all of the above plus a painting from geo custom painting plus jewels creating uh uh the uh, paint for the uh uh figures from that uh <laughs> I can never say yes it. please someone clip that that thing <laughs> shared on twitter the clip where i say geo respects i respect women yes please do that yes and, and lastly a completely custom wooden magnet so if you want a wooden magnet of ayala's head we will make a wooden magnet out of ayala's head it all depends on you it all depends on yeah, what you 50 dollars you get jewels will paint you a warhammer 40k figure but also yes. another thing we don't mention is that um any one of the banner images that we use that is created yes. by lev's father and lev himself we, we can give you a poster print at the 50 dollar level of your That's choice right. so if you want the ayala portrait I will, uh, we, Lev will send you one at the $50 tier. And I will also uh, give you one of my Bob Ross paintings that I do. These like little um, Bob Ross sketches at the $50 tier, as well as all the other patron things. So I will give you a woodblock print of one of the five that I pick at random. I have five woodblocks that I've done at the TFW No GF series. It, it's basically just, I did these woodblocks of Wojak hugging each other and stuff. So yeah <laughs> they are they are incredible incredibly beautiful in fact let me just quickly right now hold on where is this uh fucking thing hold on i'm trying to find these prints okay here are the magnets just real quick here's what the magnets look like and next i'm gonna go to the, the chat you guys can see it but we can't see yeah, it in the chat, yeah, unfortunately. yeah you can't see it on the chat and uh, here are the patreon uh prints here are the tfw no gf series prints and they are very beautiful, very exquisite. Trust me, Ayala, you want one of these prints. I guarantee it. Actually, so, I could send Ayala one. Ah, oh, there we go. That's like the drug dealer giving a free sample. Good, good, good <laughs> move. All right, guys, this is it. This is the end of the stream. Ayala, I appreciate so much you being here. This has been fantastic conversation. I think we learned a lot from each other, as we always do, because this is what Break the Rules does. Guys, please follow Ayala on Twitter. This is her Twitter account over here. And, oh, okay, that's Sushi Bar, thank goodness, because somebody posted porn on Sushi Bar right now, and I was afraid they oh. did it in the chat. Whew. Man, that's a load up my... Okay, so follow oh. Ayala, uh, follow uh, Porco Rides again. I don't know, is your... Porco account? Rosso from the Ghibli. Yes, Porco Rosso, I'm going to put that in right now. And subscribe to my YouTube uh, website forthcoming. And I feel, Lev, like, just to be totally fair to Ayala... Um, God, I don't know why I'm saying this. Just because we always promote people that come on the show. So go and buy Al Alexander's prints. Uh, yes. Please go. I can't believe I'm saying this. Go and subscribe to AL is OnlyFans. Please. <laughs> I'm more interested in the board game thing. I want to hear a little bit about that. And, and do not thing. clip me saying go and support. Go and subscribe to AL is OnlyFans. 
Uh, but please, I unironically, I mean, she's been kind enough to go yes. on the show. And Lev, if you could, well, if you okay. could find a link to Ellis well, OnlyFans, no, 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 drop it in the chat. Wait, 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 wait. I had I just... some like game thing, the board game thing, didn't you? Is that okay? Am here, I right here. About that? Talk okay, about that. You should plug that instead of the yeah, OnlyFans. Yeah. Well, here's did the OnlyFans. You, you did a board game. We're currently out of stock, however. It's a card oh. game. Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, nice. We should talk about it so you get like pre-orders and stuff when you oh. go back because that's something worth. That looks interesting. I like the idea of that. The... And, uh, and lastly, by the way, here is the Discord. Guys, go go to our Discord right now. If you are not on Discord, go to Discord. Break the Rules Discord. We are growing. We got to grow before Microsoft buys Discord. You know, we got to <laughs> grow and then move people. Oh, by to the a way, tomorrow location. I'm going to drop a new painting video on my YouTube nice. channel, Jenner Productions. Uh, yeah, I'm going to drop a new painting video. It's going to be uh, from my series I'm doing for Man's World Magazine. Uh, it's a little shorter than the last one. And I also have a woodblock printing video I'm going to release where I have my Frank Castle insulin pump GoPro kit nice. <laughs> where I'm doing it. So I just have to edit that. It's going to be a murder to fucking edit. All right, guys, this is it. This is the end of the stream. I love you very and much. Thank, thank you, you so for, much for coming, for coming on. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much, guys. This was really fun. Mwah. Take care. Thank Good you. night, everybody.